morning, good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Not seen at the moment. Carson Weekly. But he will be seen because he's here for redemption today. A redemption arc for uh, Carson Weekly. We will get to that here in a bit. Coming up on the program today, we are going to check in with Randy Rutschman. That is, of course, Adley's dad. And, of course, he was the one that was... Throwing the pitches during the Home Run Derby on Monday night. We'll talk to him about what that experience was like for he and his son. And seemed like it was a pretty magical night for the Rutschmans out in Seattle. Of course, they're from nearby Oregon. And really a special moment for that family. Also this morning, our friend Clark Judge, longtime NFL writer, Talk of Fame Network. You probably saw yesterday that the Pro Football Hall of Fame released a list of 60 semifinalists among... Uh, veterans, contributors, coaches for Hall of Fame induction this year. And once again, Art Modell's name is on that list. Is there any chance that something will be different this year? I have the bad feeling that the answer is no. But we will talk to Clark Judge about that and some of the other names that were on there that were interesting to me. And um, it's, it's one of the difficult parts is like they have so many coaches on that list, including guys that won two Super Bowls. Like, how do you compare any owner to a Mike Shanahan, a Tom Coughlin? Like, I I just feel like it's not a fair comparison to make, to lump owners in with coaches. Like, coaches, I think we all agree, have a more direct responsibility or reflection on the outcome of football games and winning championships. It just seems like a very difficult thing. But we'll uh, talk to Clark Judge about that. And then later on in the program as well, John Rollo, the uh, godfather of MMA here in the state of Maryland. Shogun fights, ground control, the whole bit. He's going to join us because tonight uh, we will be out at the Owings Mills Metro Center Marriott. And we will be participating in the Show Your Soft Side Softy Homecoming event. Uh, I'll be the silly goof wearing the uh, Christmas Cats uh, sport jacket. So I look forward to that and look forward to everybody coming out tonight. ShowYourSoftSide.org. In order to find out more, also on the program today, as I mentioned, a second chance hack for Carson and Griffin brought in 20 slices of American cheese and a hamburger bun. We are not going to attempt to eat an entire, we're going to attempt to recreate the real cheeseburger. I mean, we'll see how, maybe you'll want to eat the entire thing. No, not a chance in hell. Plus, you know, like we're all going to try it, I assume, so it's not an option. Uh, unless you brought in 60 slices of cheese. <laughs> and then what we'll inevitably do is we'll dump Old Bay on it for some reason. Oh, yeah, like, this true. is just the way yeah. that we do things around here. <laughs> Old Bay on it. We're going to put Old Bay on that checks whenever we open it oh, up, yeah. too. Uh, that's the go. way it'll go. <laughs> so um, we will we will get to that at some point during the course of the program as well. All of that coming up on the show today. Uh, bummer. I was, of course, watching the uh, U.S.-Panama match last mm. night. Ugh. Just a suggestion from your old pal, Glenn. Maybe don't wait until 88 minutes into the match to score your first goal like you did the other night. Last night, you waited until stoppage. Yeah, not stoppage time. Yeah, correct. Extra time. Maybe you try to score a goal in the first half. What a crazy concept. It stinks. I'm in a weird spot with it because... I I can't oversell the significance of the Gold Cup. You did send a C-level team to participate in the event. They clearly prioritized the uh, 
Nations League, and that's just kind of what it is. Also, you know, you probably felt pretty good about your chances going into penalty kicks. You had Matt Turner, who had saved 11 of 25 PKs in his career until last night, and then saved just one. Um, one of six. I, I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. I, look, it, it's kind of a weird time because they're between coaches. They're going to go back to Greg Berhalter now after this event. And the important part is getting ready for the next phase of World Cup qualifying. And that's way more important than any Gold Cup. The Gold Cup is kind of just an event. And if they cared, they'd send better players. I think the question coming out of this Gold Cup is, did did Jesus Ferreira do enough for us to recalibrate what we think his role is moving forward? Remember, he scored six of his seven goals against St. Kitts and Nevis. And both of them? I mean, come on. Yeah, right. It's true. It's always unfair to have to face both. I pre- I'm... Like St. Kitts is easy, but Nevis, man, that boy together can really give you some some tough times. And then I can't even remember who the other one was. They uh, uh, had a tr- hat trick. Trinidad, yeah, Trinidad, exactly was, right. Okay. Again, in fairness, had to play both. Um, yeah, and to pay. I, I, but that goal last night, my God, yeah. that was beautiful. That was breathtaking. That's not the typical goal that you see Americans score. That is an absolutely out of nowhere wicked, and I know they brought up on the uh, the broadcast that it was off his shin. Who gives a flying f? They all count the same. That's what he said. They do all count the same, yeah. and somebody would say, "Well, if you know, if it struck it more cleanly, then it would be a really impressive goal." Like, dude, stick whatever. What's his face? Um, yeah, Clint Dempsey once scored a goal with his penis. Who cares how you score the goals? Get something in front of it. Put it in the net. Uh, but you don't see goals like that scored by Americans very often. That's what made it so spectacular. Unfortunately, it was not the bees. They get eliminated in PKs. I think they do have to play in the third place match. I think that's the way that it works. Like they have oh, they to have to play on what is that Saturday then? I don't know if it's Saturday or if it's Sunday. I don't. I believe it or not. What do you mean? Oh you, right, you don't. Great know? point, Brian Powell. I screwed up. They don't even have to go through World Cup qualifying. When you host a tournament, you're automatically in. Oh, my nice. fault. My fault. My fault entirely. That's kind of lame, actually. <laughs> It actually bothers me because they can rest. No, but World Cup qualifying is exciting. Yeah. Like it gives you more exciting matches that matter, and you get excited about watching them, and you get invested and interested, and then you complain about the fact that it's on something called BN Sport, and you're like, "What the hell is BN Sport? How do I watch it? You have to watch matches in Spanish because you don't know where to find them. You bitch about it. It's great content for me. Son of a bitch. I'm actually quite disappointed there won't be World Cup qual- qualifying over the next couple of years. What were you trying to say? Uh, do, do they have to play in the third third place match? I don't know. I th- I thought I mean they used to be a gold place th- or gold cup third place match. I don't know if they got gold rid place. of it. Yeah. Gold place, the old gold. Cup do they still play in the place. qualifying to uh, like? Is it like can they keep out some of the other Concacaf teams or like? I guess because I guess will Mexico and uh, Canada be in automatically? No. It's a great question. Yeah, it's a really good question. How that works? I I assume that they all automatically get in. That's part of the deal. Plus. So now in a couple of years we'll be we'll basically have a, there's no Concacaf. We'll have like, I know we'll have a qualifying we'll have a qualifying match against Panama and we'll get our revenge to keep Panama I, out of. I I don't I, I, I boy you're gonna have to look that up you're gonna have to right. do some research all on right. all of that so I get the answers. Why can I not find whether or not there's a damn third place match? Uh, there appears to not be anymore. Well, how about that? All right. They got rid of it, so they don't have to participate in that any longer. It'll be Mexico and Panama in the uh, final. In Inglewood, and that's a you know it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but 
same time, this is not the competition that mattered to them. They prioritized the uh, Nations League. And then what's the one that they participate in next year? What that, what's that thing called? Brian Powell, where, where are you? <laughs> There's another big, it, it's, it's the Confederations Cup, I think is what uh, it's called. It's an important one as well. Hang on a second. The Confederations Cup is, let me just make sure that I have this correct. Is that the one? I don't know. No, what is it? What is the event next year? So Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. will automatically qualify. They all three qualify. All three qualify. So do they do CONCACAF qualifying just without them then? I, I don't know. Cause like, is St. Kitts and Nevis going to get into the World Cup yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, I guess Probably they could. Not. I think they, they said six CONCACAF teams will qualify. Oh, wait, no, that was, that was for the... No, yeah, this is the 26 I'm always, I always love when we're very prepared for right. talking about a topic. <laughs> God. Like, we are the experts. Know everything about this topic. Totally unprepared. I can't even think of the name of the major competition next year. God, what a dreadful. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Glenn Clark Radio. Just wanted to talk about the fact that I watched the match last night. <laughs> and then I walked myself right into having no idea what it is that I'm talking about, about soccer. We know the Euro is next year. Ah! It's the CONCACAF. Cope America. That's oh, the one I was looking for. Son of a bitch. Thank you. Cope America is uh, the one that I was trying to figure out. That's next summer, and that'll be the next one that's uh, significant then. <sighs> All right, very good. Very good. Okay, so as I was saying, soccer. Yeah. Hooray. The Orioles have set their uh, rotation coming out of the break when they take on the Marlins this weekend. Uh, Dean Kramer will be first up for the Orioles this weekend. Ace, and as they call him. I don't know if I would call him that. I don't know if that's <laughs> what I would say. The interesting part is that the way that they restack the rotation, like again, without having the ability to ask the question, it comes off as them attempting because it goes Kramer, Gibson, Bradish. It comes off as them maybe trying to acknowledge a little bit with the innings thing with Tyler Wells and saying, despite the fact that we think he's our best starter, we're not going to put him back out there. We're going to wait on that and buy him, you know, a bit of a break and maybe that means one less start by the time you get to the end of the season it also maybe buys them some time to think about what they want to do with the fifth spot in the rotation because this becomes the eternal question of while Cole Irvin probably deserves another start based on the solid start that he gave you last weekend you also are dealing with the Grayson Rodriguez thing and how exactly do you want to go about handling that I think we're all of the opinion that Grayson Rodriguez probably shouldn't pitch any more innings at AAA. Like, you've done that. That's that. But are you putting him right back into the rotation? Are you using him as a occasional starter? I was talking about this with our buddy Steve Johnson last night. I don't have a direct answer. Like, do you, do you say, okay, we're going to try to get you some starts between now and the end of the season – but basically, it's going to be that you start when we have six consecutive games and you're the sixth guy. And when that's not the case, you're available in the bullpen. It's, it's the additional issue, of course, is the roster construction at the moment. The thing that we've been talking about all week long, which is that it seems like they need a 13th pitcher on the roster. But they're probably going to wait as long as they possibly can, to add that 13th pitcher because why make a decision that you don't need to make yet? As much as we you know, have gotten good content out of it, I heard uh, the guys in the afternoon show yesterday on 105 said they were like screaming at each other about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the, it matters this much. I don't think it's this important. 
But uh, we did it for Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday. As much as we've gotten content out of it, as I keep saying, they don't need to do it. They don't need to do it today. They don't need to do it tomorrow. They don't need to add a 13th pitcher until they need a 13th pitcher. And if Kramer, Gibson, and Bradish all give them six, seven innings this weekend, they might not need to add a 13th pitcher this weekend. It just depends on how the games go. I would be surprised by them being able to get through the entire weekend without feeling like then again, when I say 13th pitcher, what we're really talking about because, again, maybe this is complicated. At the moment, they could say Cole Irvin is in the bullpen. They could say going into this weekend, we have three starters, and we know Tyler Wells is going to be the starter for the first game of the Dodgers series. And then Cole Irvin is available to us out of the bullpen. So in that way, they really have eight relievers available to them. And then if they don't have to use Cole Irvin, he could start next Tuesday. If they do use Cole Irvin, then next Tuesday could be the day that they make the move for Grayson Rodriguez. And then next Tuesday would be when they would have to make a roster decision. And they're probably going to do that. I would be stunned unless they have worked out a trade of some sort, unless they have figured out a way to move Jorge Mateo. I would be stunned if they didn't continue to try to play this roster manipulation through to when they need, and they will need a fifth starter because they don't have an off day on Monday, until when they need their fifth starter on Tuesday. And even at that point, if they haven't had to use Cole Irvin and he's available to pitch on Tuesday, then they still might say, we're good, depending on exactly what it is that they get from their starters. It'll be a day-to-day thing. And if in the meantime somebody gets hurt, then they didn't have to make that roster decision. They didn't have to move on from Frazier or Mateo or send Mountcastle back down. Not that you're rooting for anybody to get hurt, but it's just that this situation could take care of itself. So as much as we're making it a thing because, you know, All-Star Week, what the hell else are we going to talk about around here? The truth continues to be that we have no idea. Now, if on Friday night Dean Kramer gets shelled by the Marlins, then they're probably going to have to make a roster move on Saturday. Now, what they could do is just send Bizarro back down and get another pitcher and continue to play the game. They might try to play the game with the pitchers until Tuesday. Tuesday is probably the day where they absolutely must make a move by. And who knows what happens in the four days before then. But the pitchers do uh, start the uh, Marlins series, Kramer on Friday, Gibson on Saturday, and Bradish on Sunday as the Orioles open up the quote-unquote second half of the season. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, a lot to do here on a Thursday edition of the program. We begin with a really, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Obviously, it was a special night on Monday night. Adley Rutschman participating in the home run derby, starting from the left side of the plate, moving to the right side of the plate. Did not make it out of the first round, which is nonsense because he put on the best show of all, but, you know, it was an incredible, incredible night. And it was really neat that his dad was able to be a part of it in throwing him the pitches in the home run derby and joining us now here on GCR. He is 
Adley Rutschman's father. He's Randy Rutschman, and he is with us on the program. Randy, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's really great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Uh, my pleasure, Glenn. It's great to be on here again. It's great. To, it's great to chat with you. I, I can only imagine what this was like for you. Can, can you kind of put into words, like you walk out on the field and you look around at a place where you guys went to games and, and not far from where Adley grew up. Can you even describe what this moment was like for you on Monday night? Yeah, it's, I'm still trying to put it together right now, so uh, trying to organize my thoughts on it. But it, it was uh, it was quite a rush. The anticipation, the days before, you know, your your brain's not thinking about what a great experience it is. It's thinking, gosh, I better throw some pitches that he can hit out. So, but uh, once you got there that night, it it um, yeah, the emotions and the positive energy. You know, whether from this the moment and the experience and the crowd was unbelievable. Um, I, you know, I, I got to know the type of competitor. So I've talked to both your wife and Adley, and I know he said that that she's the more competitive one. That like when they go out, uh, and, she, yeah, yeah. So so how she are you? hates to lose, and I I love to win. Okay, all right. So it's a, you're just <laughs> what you're saying though is that you're just as competitive then. Uh, she got a different part of it. I'm more of a passive competitive. Nice okay. to smile. Hey, how's it going there? I'm going to beat you. <laughs> but uh, no, really, uh, um, I think both of us, I've, I learned probably early on in our marriage that uh, she's not, she doesn't take losing very well. Even now, you know, if the Orioles lose a ball game, she's usually I have to go through a one hour grieving period with her. <laughs> That's so great, but oh, that's so. And she's so sweet, which is what makes that so funny, right? Like she's the nicest person. Yeah, she's yeah, she's such a nice person, but um, uh, she just <laughs> she wants the good guys to win. So, so how like were you over the course of those couple of days? You were hell bent in like working through this and saying we've got to win this thing on Monday night. Um, not so much, but I mean, I think if Adley was so gung ho and winning this thing, I, you know, he probably could have picked a hundred other people, but I think he was more like, you know, regardless how this goes, it uh, goes, it's going to be dad and I. And mm. I think that was his, he was really bent on making it a, a family experience. But, um, you know, we, I, I hadn't thrown BP to him for four months. So it was, we were fortunate. We got to do a little bit at uh, Yankee stadium. They, they let it Yankee. Uh, organization let us out on the field to just get a, kind of a feel for it, you know. And then, um, you know, in Minneapolis, they had cages under there. And so I started really kind of trying to refine, okay, how am I going to feed this ball? And then actually was playing a catch with my wife in Central Park, you know, just to make sure I had a feel of the ball. That's so, cool. Oh, that's so cool. We wanted to just – we. I think both Adley and I were like, okay, you don't want to get shut out. We want to get some balls out of the ballpark. And whatever else happens from there happens. Is so. there any part of you that, as a competitor, it's difficult to like? You, you want to throw a, a, you want to try to, you know, put one in his ear hole, something like that, right? Like, do you any? Is there any part of you that it's uh, difficult <laughs> to throw and purposely be trying to throw meatballs up there? Not, not, not at all. And I don't know if it's because of my experience as a catcher, a coach, or whatnot. I, it's really you're uh, focused on, you know, for my whole, my whole thing with him pitching when I've thrown batting practice to him over the last, you know, 15 years or more, it's been about, you know, okay, we're going to work this side. We're going to work this side. You know, I kind of, I know his progression. 
But when we go to have went into the home run derby mode, it's about, okay, laying the ball right in the honey bucket, as uh, Coach uh, Cousins calls it. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Randy Rutschman is with us here on GCR. Um, how predetermined was the decision to try to go both sides of the plate? Like, when did you guys first start talking about that? And how did it affect you in, like, the pitches that you're throwing? You feel like you're in a groove, obviously, over those first three minutes. You know, did you have to completely change things over the course of the next 30 seconds? That's what's really funny about it, Glenn. We had pretty much determined we were going to go uh, – he, he had determined he's going to go left the whole time because, A, I, hit, I, I throw a little better to him lefty for home run derby. And, and two, um, just because, uh, you know, he's got just a little more juice lefty than he does righty, um, even though he started off growing up the first, you know, eight years of his life just sitting righty. But um, what happened was we're – you know, everybody that was in the home run derby would take a couple packs under the, you know, behind the dugout in the underneath cage, indoor cage. And we were there. And, and I think that he just flipped over the right side for the fun of it. Cause we had already, you know, we already determined we were going to go left-handed and I threw him a couple pitches and I normally don't throw him as good a BP when he's on the right side of the plate for, as far as for home run derby and God, I was laying him right there and he was absolutely you know, obviously we're in a cage, and he goes, listen, if we go to that bonus round, we're going right-handed. And I go, exactly, I'm right with you. That's so It'll be fun for the crowd. God, it was so cool. It was such a – it was a goosebump <laughs> moment. It was so cool. Um, you know, oh, yeah. I, it, it, didn't, it didn't work out that you won, right? And, and I, as a competitor, I'm sure there was a little bit of that. But the, what, what that was and the show that he was able to put on, in a way, it feels like it's almost cooler than winning, right? Like – no offense to Vladimir Guerrero, but he didn't get to do that. Like that, nobody's done that. Yeah. To, to create. No, I mean, I think after one round, kind of the third most. Yeah. Uh, if we would have one more over Let me. I apologize, Randy. We, we just had an issue with your phone, real quick, and we're gonna try to see if we can't get that corrected. I don't know what happened there, Randy Rutschman. It's such a, it's such a, a cool conversation that we're having with uh, Adley's dad. As um, you know, you know what a night that was on Monday night, and the way that it came about that he decided to go from both sides of the plate is just so cool. All right, we will try this one more time as we'll reconnect with Randy Rutschman. I just don't want to miss anything he was saying about, you know, what a what a neat moment that was. We are uh, it's a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/offers. Go there right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Of course, we did hear uh, Adley say afterwards that he'd be willing to do it again, so he might have another opportunity to go back and try to win the Home Run Derby in the future. That could be possible. We will see if that ends up being in the cards. Of course, second half of the season gets underway. Tomorrow night, when the Orioles take on the Marlins, we will attempt right now to reconnect with uh, Adley's dad, Randy Rutschman, uh, out in the Pacific Northwest. Randy, I apologize. I don't know. Technology lets us down sometimes. But you're telling us about, like, again, yeah, you finished with the third most, which is a bummer that it didn't work out. Right, right. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, the thing about it is, is one of the things I'll tell you about, uh, I think our family, except my wife, is, um, <laughs> you know, we, you, you're you, – <laughs> It's about, you know, okay, did I do everything I could to, you know, prepare and do what I need to? And, and for the most part, Adley usually is pretty good if, uh, okay, I, you know, the winning-losing, I, I think he, 
would prefer putting his best foot forward. Um, and then most, if you do that, you know, you're going to have much success more than failure. So I think we felt good about, you know what, we did what we could. And, uh, you know, the guy just uh, put more home runs on the board, you know, so still um, work with that. You guys left a, a memory that will go down in home run derby lore no matter what. You know, it, it's it's incredible <laughs> that way. Adley said afterwards he'd be up for doing it again. Is there a part of you that says, yeah, we need to go do it again next year? I, I want to win one of these things. Well, yeah, if I would have known that uh, – uh, that <laughs> the, the tough thing is when you're a catcher, your legs start, you know, like I think it was Eduardo Perez says catchers don't typically do very well in the home run derbies because their, their legs start – a lot of catchers, their production starts going down as the year goes on. Yeah. You know, the, you need your legs. So, um, so I think, yeah, um, as far as that goes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, since he was eight years old, we would always have these pretend home run derby. Okay, let's pretend like it's home run derby. We, That's cool. And we've been doing that. We did that in the off season this year. Hey, let's pretend we're doing home run derby. That's so cool. So, That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. That is awesome. That thrown to your kid and um, him switch hit, and I think made it, and he was a Northwest kid, kind of made it a little bit more of a – experience so randy the experience that you guys have had since adley's been called up and and you know i was talking to um colton's dad last week after he got called up and the relationships that you guys are forming and how these guys have kind of grown together and gotten to know each other like it'd be special you know to see your son succeeding and doing these amazing things anywhere but has it been more special that he's come up and built these friendships and relationships with guys and you've gotten to know these other families? Has it made it all the more enjoyable to see the success that the Orioles have had? Absolutely, because, you know, he's such a social guy. He's about team stuff. If this wasn't a team sport, he wouldn't be playing. But he got, you know, they're going to a wedding in November, you know, Cowser and Gunner coming up after Kyle Stowers and Tyler Nevin's wedding. They're going to come up here and they're going to do a little camp in the inner city. To, wow. We've got a big project going up here and, you know, trying to get baseball and softball for youth going and uh, kickstart it. And uh, so that's been kind of a mission of his in the off season and Cowser and Gunner are going to come up and help out with it. And so uh, they, you know, they're, then they're going to go down to the coast and go crabbing. So um, there's been some great relationships built. And uh, that's what makes this more special. And I think with the Orioles, I don't think every organization probably has this. But, you know, when they got a bunch of these guys uh, and started drafting them, you know, the Joey Ortiz and these guys, they are they are team people. They love winning together as a team and they like being around each other. It feels like that's translating, right? Like it feels like we're seeing, you know, some of the silly stuff, right? Like the Homer hose. But it just feels like yep. there is a joy, and I get it. Winning is fun, you know, no matter who you're with, no matter where you are. But it feels mm-hmm. like there's a joy that goes beyond just winning with this team. It feels like there's a genuine joy of we like being around each other, we like doing this. We're cool with the manager. We're cool with like there just seems to be something, a special sauce of some sort that doesn't exist everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure this whole thing was done by design, Glenn. But, uh, you know, when you, you're, every team's going to have their bumps in the road. These guys, I think, are really focused on today. You know, people are like, oh, maybe they could be a playoff team. Well, these guys, are, they're smart in that way that, you know, one, they try to play hard for each other, but they also are focused on today. 
And, uh, you know, their speed bumps that they've ran into during the year haven't been big, long ones that, you know, and I hope that, you know, is the way that it continues to be. But I think being around, being in a situation where you like each other, they all, they love the whole staff. I got to be around the staff in New York and Minneapolis. These guys are awesome people just to be around. Take away the baseball. They're fun to be around. Ah, it's so cool. It's so cool to talk about it. As, as, as you might be aware, Randy, it wasn't always like this in Baltimore. Uh, we had a few tough years, so we get really emotional. I, I don't have any comparison, but I know that, I mean, uh, you know, everybody on that coaching staff I've got to meet, Freddie, the uh, guy that takes, guy, he got me geared up in the Baltimore here, and, you know, Sean and Reggie and Charlie the and Jackie, the PR front, yeah. the people that carry a game. These guys are they they know you as a person and not a, as just a parent. How cool has it been to see the way that uh, the city has embraced your son? Like, what has that meant to you as a dad to see the love affair that that an entire city is sharing with your son? I think that it's. I mean, it makes it obviously great, and I hope it continues. You know, uh, that <laughs> from, you know, from your man. lips to God's ears, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh, so, it's Danny. special. Randy Rutschman, I know you got to get Adley to the airport. I know you got to get him back here. Yeah. Uh, we got a serious do. Uh, what a night that was. It was really, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad now, so I'm a softie, right? Like those things get to me a little bit. Oh, yeah. Fathers and sons in baseball. And it was just beautiful, man. It was a really cool thing. Uh, we look forward to seeing you back here for like the World Series parade. All right. Like, we'll Thanks, make that Glenn. the next one yep, on the list. But, oh, I, I love to be. I keep telling, we keep telling the parents around us. Hey, hope to see you here in October. No Let's doubt, do it. no doubt about it. Randy, thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Thanks, pleasure to be with you guys, Glenn. Randy Rutschman, father of Adley Rutschman, and obviously a very special night on Monday night. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes to uh, talk us more about it. As uh, they, they did. They cre- they authored an iconic home run derby moment, something that will be remembered for a long time, even if. They didn't win the home run derby. Nobody remembers who won the home run derby the year that Josh Hamilton hit all those home runs in New York. No one. You want to guess? Was it Prince Fielder? It was not. Who was it? What year was that? Was that 2010 or 11? Um, Corey Hart. What? Was it Corey Hart? It's definitely not Corey okay. Hart. He was in a derby one year, wasn't he? I remember. He, uh, he might have been, but I don't remember that for what it's worth. Ryan Braun. Not Ryan Braun. That would have been juiced Braun, too. Yeah, juicy Braun. The guy that won, uh, as we remember, Josh Hamilton, of course, hit 28 home runs in the first round. The guy that won hit eight home runs in the first round. The guy that won on the night hit 22 home runs to Josh Hamilton's total 35. The winner of the 2008. Tory Hunter? Not Tory Hunter. The other participants were Lance Berkman, Ryan Braun, Dan mm. Ugla. Dan Ugla. Oh, my. Grady Sizemore. Slugla. Pretty – they got Chase Utley, obviously, and Evan Longoria, who hit just three home runs. Evan Longoria. That was the outs format. That was the outs yeah. format, yes. Yeesh. But the winner of the home run derby that year was – Dan Ugla. No, it's not – I haven't named him yet. Yeah. Oh. Justin Morneau. Mm. Justin Morneau Justin won the home Morneau. run derby, and no one will ever remember That's that. That's right. It will never be remembered. Whereas champ. Everyone Justin remembers that Josh Hamilton did that. All right, very good. Thanks to Randy Rutschman. All right, uh, what do we want to do next? Do we want to do um, the hack or do we want to do the sandwich? Do you have to get out of here, Carson? I mean, at like one. 
Oh, one o'clock. Okay. I, I don't think we're still going to be on at one. <laughs> I was I, Boy, sorry. I thought that's what you meant. So we're that's coming up against it. Yeah. Heck of a day. Yeah. Right. We got to get him out of here now. Better do the. Better do the heck. No, no, I'm, I'm good, man. All right, well, you know what? Let's do the sandwich. All right. It might take you a minute to prepare it, right? Yeah. So why don't you prepare the sandwich as we're doing the hack? Oh, okay. Can right, we do we both things yeah, at once? Because you still got to do fighting do, words. Do we want to like melt the cheese a little bit? Like, we have a toaster. Already. I don't. Yeah. Like, or, look at the sandwich. It doesn't look like it's particularly melted cheese. Yeah, I know, but like the top half will look like it was like a little. If you, I, I feel like the bit is that it's just freezing cold cheese. Not freezing cold. Is it? Is it? Or do you have it in the freezer? Yeah. No, no. It was in the fridge. Okay, but it's sitting out, right? Oh, it's I it, thought you had it sitting out. No, no, yeah, it's cheese. I don't want it. Sitting All right, out. Th- we'll do the hack because clearly you are not prepared for this. What do you mean I'm not prepared? I just got to put cheese on the bread. On bread. Okay, but is the cheese prepared, or do you want to do? I got to take it out of the thing. I mean, yeah, you guys can do your thing, and I'll. I'll do it. You I'll guys do chef- your. I'll thing. be chefing up over here. All right, we'll see about the hack next. Carson will attempt to get to um, get a little redemption for what was not exactly what we needed yesterday. We'll try that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the Mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. The Crossover Kid is back. Enjoy a night out at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 15th when the Orioles play the Miami Marlins at 7.05. Be one of the first 25,000 fans 15 and over to receive an Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar and arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours prior to the first pitch for happy hour, live music, and more. A variety of ticket options are available. Buy yours now at orioles.com slash tickets. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, so you're just going to put all of the cheese on there and do, and we're just going to eat it, right? Like yeah. That's the bit? Okay. Yeah. All right, you're not doing anything else? No. It's I mean, just 20 slices of cheese. Was there something else? else? I, you were talking about toasting it or whatever. No, I mean, we, you were we talking about? Yeah. I'm asking you. Nah, you're no, the one no. preparing the sandwich. No. no. We're, we're eating it. Thank you. All right. How many uh, do you have so far? How many, how many so far are we looking at? Uh, I think yeah. like six slices. Six. Or seven. Right. We got this some more work. We got some more work to do. Turn uh, Carson's. I was, it's already pretty tall. We yeah. were, we're not even halfway. Good. Good. Can't wait for this. All right. Uh, swing that uh, camera around if you don't mind so that we can uh, get it on uh, young Carson, please. The camera. I, gotta, I know. I got to get the cheese off oh, my hands okay. here. Oh, okay. I'm like, what are we? What are we confused about? And then, uh, can you hit the uh, open uh, as we try this again? All yes, right. Yes. All right. Well-oiled he's machine. A hack, man. Yeah, he's hacking life. It's Carson. He's a hack. He's a hack. All right. So yesterday, Carson was here with his weekly hack, and. It might work. I don't know. The idea of the segment, and if you missed it yesterday, was that Carson came in with this box of cinnamon checks and said, hey, if you fold it a certain way, it'll it'll not go stale. It'll stay fresh. <laughs> oh, apparently that folding <laughs> didn't work. Oh, boy. It's even worse. Oh, no. There we go. All right. All right, put that back up there. Right, Thank right. you. The problem that we have is that the idea of doing this segment is that we get a payoff. Telling me it works. Trust me, bro. Is not that. <laughs> so I said, Carson, I love you. But this ain't a thing. Now, we're doubling down, and Carson's going to leave this box in here. Although, again, first day didn't go so well, so we might be in trouble. He's going to leave this box in here, and we're going to see how it is on Tuesday. But in the meantime, I said, can you do a real hack for this week? Could you actually attempt something? 
And I had sent Carson last week something that I had found on the interwebs that was making its rounds, which was related to Pez. Can you describe for everyone what this life hack is? Okay, so it's really annoying to load a Pez dispenser one by one. That's what you, you know, as a kid, that's what I used to have to do. There's this video that, that Glenn had, had found and, and sent to me. What it says you are supposedly able to do... Apparently, it's the way you're supposed to do it. According to this video, we've yeah. all been rubes and boobs because we have spent our existence like cretins individually loading, opening up the package of Pez and individually loading the Pez candies into the Pez dispenser. Now, again, you probably stopped doing this after you were 12... Until you had your own kids, like I did, and now you got to do it for them. They come in, Dad, can you load my pet? It's annoying. Well, apparently, we're all idiots, according to the internet. Because all along, Pez has believed there was a, a way you should have been loading your Pez candies. Yes, so what it says on the video is you put this, uh, I guess, like the holder mm -hmm. all the way up, mm -hmm. and then you're going to insert your package of candy into the bottom with the wrapper on with the wrapper on that's right right and then when you go like that it will the shred wrapper the wrapper should off. shred out and come out the bottom and you should have a full row of pez that's the word and when i saw it my mind was blown now i blown i will disclose the comments were not encouraging oh uh. Oh. But so because of that, I found a backup way to do it as well. So if the oh. first one doesn't work, oh. I've got another way that some guy had that actually like looked like it would definitely work to load Pez. In. All right, I'm interested in both of these things. So you're gonna attempt what the video? Can we? Yeah, can the video is first. Can you pass the video along to Griffin yeah. so he can share what it is that uh, we're attempting to do here? Yeah, no problem. So the idea is you put the candy in the whole thing with the wrapper. That's right. And it just pops right off, which I, I don't really see how that works. But science. enough people were doing it in a video that I said, I'm willing to believe. It's science. It's and it's, a, yeah, correct. It's, it's an experiment. We might find out that it's uh, nonsense, <laughs> that it's hogwash. But we'll at least have gotten some sort of payoff. We'll have an answer one way or the other after we attempt it. Now, you have three... Pez candies. That's right. Like so containers or whatever. We're going to attempt the first method with the orange. How many are you willing to go on the first method before we say I wouldn't it's bet not I wouldn't a bet thing. a cent on it. No, I'm saying like w would you use a second one? No, the see this is what's concerning. Mm. How is it going to get up in there with the there's a barrier. How is it going to get in there? Let me see this. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> how is the power of the candy's going to get in there? I got to be honest with you. There is zero chance that this can There's work. There's no chance it works. I, unless that barrier like unless, moves. Right, exactly. Unless, unless it pulls out like a door. Right. Correct. Could right. happen, I suppose. Let me, let me poke at it a little bit and see if that's possible. Uh, give me a. Do we have a pen, like a normal pen or something? Uh, I might work. have one in yeah, my yeah, backpack. Scissors would work. Okay. Scissors would work. Let me let me poke at this a little bit. Uh, there's some pliability, but I don't see it swinging. Yeah. What's like? Is it? You think this I don't thing's see really it swinging? Mechanically advanced to open up when you pull it down. I, look, you're obviously right. There's no chance this can work. But go ahead and we do still it have anyway, to try it. right? Like, what? Right. And what is wrong with the people? Who made this video? 
who did I think I said what? Video. Is it Becca? Is it, it was yeah. Uh, at, you can't at trust Sun, a Becca. At Sun One C on TikTok. Sun One C on With TikTok is a liar. Sun. All right, so you have right. stuck so the thing in the bottom. Theoretically, I should right. pull this thing down and it should shred the wrapper and I should have a full row of pets. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. That was never going to work. Do it again. Do it again. All right. Do it again. By the way, it was either Hello Kitty or Goofy, so I got Goofy. I was good with either one, honestly. I kind of preferred Hello Kitty. Yeah, there's, at this, How, uh, what? there's nothing there. It's a projectile. There. How stupid is this? <laughs> oh, easy over there, guy. Carson's getting angry. <laughs> These hacks aren't working. It's, Absolutely no. zero chance this is going to ever thing you work. Could do is, what like, about lying? That, thing, that video was a lie. Why were so many people willing to buy it? You know, they can't put anything on the internet that's not true. God, that's true, right? If I see it on All the right, internet, this was the other true. way that some guy... Okay, so you believe that this one will actually yeah, this be one something. Yeah, this one should work. All right. So all you're going to do is just pull the wrapper back here. I mean, like, I guess you could... Is there a, perhaps a, a specific type of Pez dispenser that it would work with? No. I mean, unless there's one that doesn't have this If we had gotten the Hello Kitty Pez dispenser, would that have been functional? Probably not. All right. I think they all have that little barrier at the bottom. All right, so you're telling me. So this one said to just like unwrap it like so, like only sort of on. Yeah, I think the, this video is just very. It's fake. nonsense. It's fake. Yeah. It's nonsense. I mean, they cut. It's a lot like each. the pineapple video where it just kind of cuts and it's done. Like, oh well. <laughs> okay. So you. All right. So here's all. All I've done here is just I've exposed one. One side. One of side the, of the thing. It looks like there's still a little paper on there. Yeah, I'm going to try and work to get that off. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm not really sure how this. All right. I got part of the paper off. It can't of really it. be a hack if it's more difficult than just loading the candies in one at a time. Well, I think I might have messed up how you ripped oh, it. Oh, thanks a lot. Way this. to go. Sorry, we got more, though, right? So. Yeah, right? We have, uh, we have a redemption for your redemption, in fact. Okay. So we're just... Yeah, so we're just sitting around watching cars. That's what so we're doing on the show. You got half today. the wrapper off, and you just got all your pez like that. Okay. Like a magazine. Okay. And you're just gonna open it up, and you're just gonna hold it, and then you take the pez, put it up in there, and then you just kind of like press them out. This guy said, "There you go. Like turn it so it so they all fall, and then they all should just uh, okay. kind of right. fall in like that. All I mean, right. I lost one soldier, but like... Uh, that's, it's you know, there you go, and then you do have a fully loaded... It's something. You got a fully loaded right, thing. I'll give it that. It's something. It's I don't know quicker. if it's Bar, really... If, okay, so if I hadn't messed up the rip, I mean, that would have been pretty quick, though. It's, you know? I don't know if, yeah, if it's genuinely easier, but it's something. It's a different way of doing it. I'll give you Ooh, that. I remember these tasting a lot better. Why would these people lie about... What is the point of making... Tastes like oh medicine. God! Look at that! <laughs> look at that! I'm gonna need what some, am I looking at? We got pet. We got palate cleansers after I take a bite of that thing. <laughs> all like, right. In all get, seriousness, um, get some other paper towels or plates. I, I'll or go get them. Right. And a knife, if you don't mind. I have, I have the knife. I have a second plate underneath. Because we each have to have two bites, so a normal bite and then a bite yeah. with old day. All right. So that was Carson's a hack. Um, the Pez thing is hogwash. It's utter and complete nonsense. But he did come up with something else. That um, is kind of a thing, and we'll accept that. So that's Carson's a hack. All right, now, uh, before we get to the uh, sandwich, I see this this morning. Of course, the Orioles had said at the beginning of the year, John Angelos had suggested that maybe the signing of the new lease could be a... Um, well, we need, we need like, more. We, we all would need well, we one. Got, we got two plates right there. Oh, we have two? Yeah. Oh, well, look at yeah. that. All right, very good. Uh, the Orioles, John Angelos said... You can uh, get rid of the hack music because we're no longer doing that any longer. What about the banana? Oh, right. We do need to... Uh, hang, <laughs> that hang, can happen later. Yeah, it's hang fine. tight. Bring the music hang back up. 
Well, I forgot that was also a thing that we were doing. So, sure, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell everybody how we're doing. What All we're right, doing. so next week, everyone knows we're checking on the cereal next week. Yes. We're also going to check on these bananas. So, I have been frustrated. I don't know that my banana hook works anymore, which is weird because mechanically nothing changes. But I've just noticed that I feel, feel like I'm getting as much for my banana hook as I previously got. My banana hammock still works quite fine, though. Thank you very much for asking. The idea is you've got these yellow bananas. Yeah, with some slight some slight greenage up there. A little bit of greenage. Okay. And, and what I uh well real quick, a quick fact. What I learned is this stem, it's like together right now. When you pull bananas off, or mm-hmm. if you were to separate these or something, there's some sort of like uh gas or or natural thing from the bananas that releases that makes them go bad faster. So right now all of like the Stuff that's keeping the bananas good is all, a lot of it is contained right here in the stem. Very scientific show that we do here, by the way, on GCR. So all you, of the stuff that's keeping the bananas good. So if. I mean, I don't have a better answer for Yeah, the right. I don't, to be honest, I, I don't, I'm not I don't really know. making fun of, oh, yeah, of so Carson. How should I have phrased like, that? We have no idea what we're talking about. So all you're going to do here is just get some plastic wrap and you're just going to wrap. Uh, the stems of the bananas. You bought a new thing of plastic wrap? You didn't have any plastic wrap at home? I feel like. Well, I thought we could leave it here. Okay. You never know. <laughs> like we might that need. wasn't necessary, but that's. Well, fine. I don't know. Sometimes we make a lot of food here. And yeah, I mean, do we? I mean, I guess we do this a good amount. I guess we do dumb shtick a lot. So there is that. God, that looks like a nightmare. Oh, come on. Would you get it in the threes? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh. So get oh. your, got your plastic oh. wrap. And then you're just going to wrap the stem. It doesn't have to be in like one. Oh, just the stem. Just the stem. Okay. Yeah. Just wrap your stem Some up. Some places sell their bananas this way. Now yeah, I'm realizing that that's would... why they do that. Yeah. So if like, I don't know, say you just buy bananas and then you just don't eat them like uh-huh. in the first three days and you're like, shoot, these are going to go bad. Just wrap them up in plastic wrap and it should buy you a couple like more I'm days. I'm going away to the beach this weekend. Oh, and I will have should bananas. Buy you, yeah, it should buy you, buy you a couple more days then of freshness. Okay. So just wrap it real tight. Nothing. And now it doesn't need crazy. to be on a hook. It doesn't need. You can just leave it anywhere. Yeah, you can just sit it in a bowl or yeah, like on go the... put it next to the checks. Is that the way we're going to do this? Yeah, here. I'm, I'm going to get like. Out of room. Here, let's see. Yeah, right. full thing? Oh, I got the full thing. We're good. All okay, right. so we'll put it up by the checks, and we're just gonna see. Take a picture, Griffin, to see exactly how yellow they are at this moment. And I don't think Griffin's gonna be here on yeah. Tuesday, so he's gonna have to send this to me. We'll see how we feel as though things have changed. This is a fun fact. I hate bananas. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I hate them. I think Mrs. Clark isn't a banana person either, which drives me nuts. I love bananas. Who doesn't like it? I eat a banana every morning. Potassium, every dude. morning yeah. I eat a banana. More of like a berry kind of guy. And I still get Charlie horses in the middle of the night and wake up like, ah! More bananas. That's what everybody says, <laughs> but I eat a banana every day, dude. Like I can't tell you when the last time was that I haven't had a banana. I don't really want one. Yeah, they are <laughs> delicious, aren't they? All right, so we'll do that. Now, before we do the sandwich, so that we're just waiting. That's all we're doing. We're just yep. playing the waiting game. That would that would be... Uh, just playing the waiting game. <laughs> so much. God, it's outrageous. It looks like you ever um like gotten the like Velveeta like mo- melting. Oh, oh sure, yeah. Yeah, the big it block. It's like a giant yeah. block of that. Oh, all right. Uh, quickly, the Orioles and the the governor have combined to release a statement today, not announcing the new lease, but instead saying, "quote The last four months have been exciting on and off the field. Baltimore City and the state of Maryland all have Orioles fever." We've laid the groundwork for success, and progress is also being made on our vision to expand and revitalize the Camden Yards campus. We are determined to make it happen, and soon. What comes next for, Cam- for the Camden Yards co- campus 
must serve our entire community and the city as a whole. From the ballpark and surrounding neighborhoods to Harbor Place and the Inner Harbor, we are committed to making the downtown corridor a premier destination that benefits Baltimore and Maryland residents year-round. We have shared ideals to create a thriving and inclusive Baltimore, not just for the Orioles, but for all those who call it home. That's a word salad, obviously. It doesn't actually mean anything. It just means we're not announcing. We, we said we might be an all-star gift, but it's not going to be that. So that's what they're telling you with that statement. Um, you'll obviously be frustrated by it. You'll say, what the hell? I, I still see no reason to have any actual concern. We did learn uh, recently that the Orioles have gotten some lobbyists to go to work for trying to get infrastructure money federal infrastructure money for the area um, downtown and around the ballpark and you can say well they shouldn't prioritize that over port deposit I don't disagree with you but I think everybody should be getting infrastructure like I think the infrastructure needs to improve everywhere and it doesn't just benefit the Orioles and benefits everyone downtown so it's not going to bother me if that's the case it's frustrating you just want it to be over with so we don't have to think about it any longer but I still there is no tangible reason to think anything other than that this is ultimately going to get done so We'll see, but yes, it would have been very nice if you could just block that out and enjoy Orioles baseball, and it would have been a celebratory moment this week, so it stinks. But I'm not going to be the guy that screams doomsday. I'm not going to be the guy that... It's frustrating. I understand your frustration. I'm not telling you not to be frustrated. But the Orioles aren't moving to Nashville, so settle down. Now this... (laughs) Burger King in Thailand is trying a concept called... Did you take one picture of the whole sandwich before yes, you cut I it? Yes, I did, yeah. It's trying a concept called the Real Cheeseburger, which is just cheese. Nothing else. We used it for Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday, and so now we will attempt the Real Cheeseburger. Griffin got a hamburger bun and 20 slices of American cheese. He loaded them up, and it legitimately looks like a block of Velveeta when you cut it into thirds. On the other side, it looks like 20 slices of American cheese. This thing is heavy as hell. (laughs) And this is just a third of it. It's like eating a brick, man. This is a third. It's essentially a pound. So there's 24 slices. It's it's a pound. 24 24 slices slices is a pound. pound. So it's it's nearly Basically, well, you take away the other slices and put in bread. It's probably a pound. It might be too late for me to change my Would You Rather Wednesday Yeah, right? You already committed? I never... I didn't know it was going to be like... Holy (laughs) But I said I would eat this for dinner every night if we won the the World Series. This is out of control. So here's the deal. I will attempt a bite, and then we'll put some old day on it because yeah. for whatever reason that's what we, we got did. palate uh, cleansers right here yeah some, some pez candy oh, some pez how big of a bite do we need i guess um, yeah enough to feel like um, we're doing I'm something just uh, here's to swimming with bow-legged women oh i mean it just tastes like a bunch of cheese it's a bunch of cheese yeah why would anyone ever con- oh i my. have to swallow this <laughs> I lo- oh god! I know, like I enjoy. Che- I don't love cheese as much as yeah. you do. I'm afraid I might puke. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. Uh, you would you like a pez? <laughs> <laughs> I might need a water. Oh my god! Why? You know what I'm getting the vibes of when you're making a grilled cheese sandwich and you just like you know sometimes you eat one slice. Uh huh. But if you ate like ten, if <laughs> you just oh. took ten and ate them all at once while you were making the grilled cheese. I mean, and now for reasons. This dump is gross, old, dude. Dump some old bay on it. This is nasty. Oh, that's that's right. what we're oh, doing. Man. Oh, all right, God. All right. 
Do we have to do the light old bay, strong old bay thing? Oh, I. Uh, All right, you figure out what the appropriate amount of old bay is. Right. Send it. Send this sandwich over there. Ah. That looks okay. That that looks like a good amount, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah that's good, right there. Ah. This is just wretched, man. It's so bad. I mean, like. <laughs> I would be interested in knowing what a twenty slice grilled cheese sandwich tasted like. Dial me up right right on the corner, Griff. Like if you could right make it gooey. Yeah, it wouldn't be as fat um, if it was gooey. That's for certain. Griffin, look at that. I might assign there. you task you with that, <laughs> attempting to make a twenty slice grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, so I guess the middle wouldn't be. Yeah, it'd be really <laughs> difficult to. Yeah. It'd be like a rare, a medium rare grilled I mean, did you cheese. Take, did you take pictures <laughs> of like the Old Bay. A blue rare grilled cheese. All right, so take pictures so that everybody sees that we loaded it up with Old Bay because that's what we do here. And now we'll do this. We didn't lose a bet or anything. We're just doing this to do it. Because <laughs> it's All Star break. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Because we got nothing else going on. All right. They didn't sign a lease. This is what we have to do to ourselves. <laughs> Thanks oh, a lot. Oh, God, I didn't burp into the microphone. I should have done that. Oh, oh you, do you know nothing? Okay. Uh, yep. The old bay doesn't help at all. I think it helps a little. No, it doesn't. It helps a little. No, it's not. Well, I maybe you guys did the smart thing when you put it on the side. Mine was on the top. Oh, uh, so you didn't get as much old bay probably as. Yeah. I just bit right into the side. I put, yeah. These are a heck of a palate cleanser, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really are. More life hacks. I can't eat another bite. I, can't, I was going to have I, you do it. I can't eat another bite. That is I, I, look, I don't even want to look at it. Oh, oh, we, should we God. toss them? We toss them? Please. <laughs> please, get it out of my... And please get me a water. <laughs> like a cup of water? Here, do you want some of this? <laughs> okay. After we did it... No, he, I, he can get me a water. <laughs> you want a bottle? You got I don't... We got whatever. We well, just find there, something. Right? <laughs> After having done it. I don't care if it's the World Series. <laughs> I don't care if you told me it was only once a week. I don't care if you told me I only had to eat one. Eat one. Ever. Never. Eat a full sandwich. And I love cheese. Oh, it is gross. Ugh. Thank you. All right. <laughs> well, we've done that now. I think you wrapped that, that in was paper nasty. towel. That uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that was uh, that was what we did here on the Thursday edition of GCR. When we come back <laughs> wow. in. It's still in my teeth. Yeah, I know. Like, I got to go brush my teeth. Right? <laughs> oh, how am I supposed to do an event tonight? I'm going to be puking. Try to swash it around, get it out from between <laughs> your teeth. Oh. Oh, all right. Very good. When we come back in. Art Modell is semifinalist for the Hall of Fame again. Does he have a chance this time? We'll talk to Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. 
The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey Birdland, a new alternative payment method is available at Oreo Park at Camden Yards for the 2023 season. Ospay is a quick, convenient, and rewarding option to make payments at concessions and retail locations throughout the ballpark. Use Ospay to unlock rewards, special offers, and unique experiences. And with secure, contactless payment, you'll get back to your seats faster. Get started in the MLB Ballpark app or learn more at Orioles.com slash Ospay. That's Orioles.com slash Ospay. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJ Michaels. That's AJMichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR. I'm not okay. I just want that to be stated for the record. I'm not okay. We did the the cheat the real cheeseburger thing with the twenty slate. It's God. It's it is an abomination. Barely touched your pez. <laughs> yeah, barely. Huh. Honey, really, you yeah, barely, barely touched your pez. There we go. <laughs> so you have it cleanses the palate. It's nice. It's still. I feel it in my stomach. Oh, I can't. Like, I can't help you with that. 
Oh, God. Oh. There, there it is. Oh. Helped a little. Happy All-Star Week. Just ate 20 slices of cheese. Probably going to die. That's the way it goes. All right, we'll get back into some actual sports conversation here in hour number two. You might have seen yesterday that uh, 60 semifinalists were announced from the senior, coach, and contributor can- uh, categories for Hall of Fame induction, and one of the names that was on the list is a name that we have been rooting for for a very long time in Baltimore, and while he's come close, he's never been able to make it through. That is, of course, the late Art Modell. Joining us now to talk about his chances this year, as well as everything Hall of Fame NFL, he is our friend Clark Judge from Talk of Fame 2 here on GCR. Clark, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up with you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, it's feeling neutral, Glenn. Good to hear your voice. It's good to hear you, sir. Um, I, I don't. I hate doing this. Like, I, I feel like you and I had had this conversation a thousand times, and there have been times mm-hmm. where I've I've felt like, oh man, this might be the chance. And this time, I feel like I'm going through the motions. Uh, we see Art Modell's name on the list of semifinalists. Is there any reason at all for us to believe that anything will change and that there is a chance that Art Modell gets into the Hall of Fame? Well, there's always a chance. I mean, as long as he's on that list, yeah, that's, that's the good news. The, the better news is that he'll advance to become one of the 12 semifinalists that will be voted on next month. I think that'll happen, too. Okay. But in terms of what are his realistic chances of getting in this year, I'd say slim, really slim. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it or anything. I'm trying to say no, I, get it. I just think, honestly, it's just Art Modell's name doesn't really get traction in that room. There are 12 voters, and there are other names that come up. Robert Kraft, Buddy Parker, um, Dan Reeves, uh, Tom Coughlin's on there this year, or George Steve. There are a lot of people who um, – We'll, we'll get some. They'll get some traction in the room. Mike Holmgren last year got more than Buddy Parker, so I was surprised at. I, I'm a guy that's a big Buddy Parker fan, but in Baltimore, you, you guys really don't know of him, or most people don't. And I understand it was a long time ago, it was 1950s, but um, he did a lot for the city of Detroit. Was four and one against Paul Brown when he was there, and won two championships. Anyway, um, but Art Modell's legacy is, is is well set. I mean, it's, it's been well discussed, um, and. And I, I think it speaks for itself. When you look down the list, and I was doing this not that long ago. I mean, first of all, I was the chairman of the TV broadcast committee for 31 years when the NFL grew in popularity. Why? TV. Um, he helped establish the NFL films. Mm-hmm. He got Steve Sable and his dad, Ed Sable, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. So the guy who helped establish it, well, you know, you think he'd be in there. He hired the first African-American GM. I need to tell you about him. Ozzy's one of the best GMs ever. Um, and these sat on the, the committee to merge the NFL and the AFL. I was around for that, not as a, a man, <laughs> as a senior, but I was as a kid. I remember that, certainly. Um, and that was a big deal, too. And then he agreed to move to the AFL. That was a huge deal. That was a big deal. The Steelers did, too. It was a big deal. So, uh, And then, of course, he, he's won two NFL titles, including one Super Bowl. Um, and I remember that 64 game because... You guys might too. No, you're too young. That was against the Baltimore Colts and <laughs> Gary Collins. But um, anyway, um, uh, he, he has a record that speaks for itself. But unfortunately, um, there are a lot of people who will dwell on the fact that he tore the, the, the soul out of Cleveland by moving the team. I understand that. But I also understand what the situation was with the stadium and why he had to go. Others, there are three other owners who have had to do that who are in the Pro Football yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah. We don't seem to have a problem with them. But I'm just going to tell you, in all honesty, um, he really just, there's no buzz about his name. Um, 
there are about a couple others. I mean, Robert Kraft's a guy who's come close sure. the last couple of years. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked, guys, if Robert Kraft was the name to emerge this time. But it depends on the 12 voters, and I'm, I'm one of them. Let me, Clark, if I could, it, do you feel like the sentiment related to Modell is more about him or more about the quality of the other candidates? Like, is it more about we can't put the guy in because he you know, moved the team out of Cleveland? Or is it, you know, we'd be willing to consider it, but, you know, we just think these other guys are more deserving? Yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to opt out, but it's a little of both, really. Okay. Um, when he got in front of the group as a finalist, as a modern-era candidate, you right. remember that last, right. uh, last time I remember discussion, honestly, I think it was when the Ravens were in the Super Bowl in, in the 2012 season. Um, I think his name was up then. And and, and I remember the, the vitriol from some of these people. I mean, they just couldn't get over the fact that what he'd done to Cleveland. I went, no, I, and I, I spoke to him as a wait a second. Al Davis did the same thing with Oakland and then Los Angeles. And oh, I mean, it's just back and forth. And, um, so, um, but with, with art, it, it's, a, it's, it's some about that. But I will tell you, if you look at this list of coach contributors, and honestly, to me, it's not that deep in terms of Hall of Fame worthy guys, but there are other people that I would push. Um, there's a guy like Clark Shaughnessy. He popularized the T formation. How in the world is he not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I have no idea why he's not in there. Then there's another guy named Ralph Hay, and I know your listeners and you guys probably go, I've never heard of him. And we had a consultant, honestly, for our board once who said, I have no idea who he is. you got to be kidding me. You're a consultant to this board. That's not great. Um, he was the uh, automobile owner who brought owners together uh, in 1921 in Canton. He owned the Ken Bulldogs and said, we need to put a league together here. And, and it has to go outside of Ohio. We had an Ohio league. We've got to go beyond that. Get people from New York, Pennsylvania. Get teams from other states and, and form a league. It became the NFL. And so you can make the argument that without Ralph Hay, there's no NFL. And somebody said there, well, I mean, that's sort of preposterous because somebody would have done that. I said, probably. Yeah, but, but we don't did. know that. Right. What we do know is that Ralph Hay was the guy who did it. Yeah. He's still waiting. He came close a couple of years ago. And then last year, he didn't. Um, so anyway, and I mentioned Buddy Parker. I'm not going to go into great detail because he's he's my passion right now. And I just don't understand why voters tend to be sort of tone deaf about Buddy Parker. Um, he was Jimmy Johnson before Jimmy Johnson, except he was better. He won more games. Winning percentage is better. He won better things anyway. But he can't get in. Uh, Clark Judge is with us, Talk of Fame 2, as we look at this uh, group of semifinalists, 60 names, seniors, as well as contributors, coaches. But one of the things that I struggle with, Clark, is contributors and coaches being lumped together. And you bring this up with Buddy Parker. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know this, but I would feel like there would have to be a sentiment from at least some that would say that coaches are more directly you know, influential on what actually happens in football, and there are more tangible ways – you know, there are statistics. They win games, they lose games, they win championships that, that we attribute to coaches more so than we do to owners and general managers and people along those lines. Is it fair to lump all of them in one category together, or does it you know, sort of lean to say that you're always probably going to end up giving a little bit more credence to the coaches in that group? Yeah, I think it is fair to lump them together because of this, Glenn. We previously had one senior, one coach, and one contributor, when in fact there are far, far, far more seniors who are qualified than coaches and contributors. So when you looked at the coaches and contributors, you go, 
Wait a second. I mean, what do we have total? Maybe 12, 15 total? I mean, when you put them together uh, that you want to put in there? How about the, the seniors? There are 57 all-decade seniors who haven't been elected. 57. And 53 of them have never been discussed all decades. The best at their position for 10 years. They haven't even been discussed. And the problem was we can't get them out of there. And so you're going, wait, we're putting equal value to a coach, to a contributor, and to a senior? No. And because we've got a president, I'm talking about Jim Porter, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who's receptive to the board of selectors, we voiced our displeasure. He said, what can I do about that? And what he did was he had the board of uh, trustees say, okay, for the next three years, and this was starting this year um, and then next year and the year after, um, for the next three years, we're going to have three seniors, and, and then we'll do that experimentally. He said privately, I could see expanding that another three years. Maybe we do it indefinitely. I don't know. But I want to get all of those people who you talked about who are qualified at least discuss, at least give them at least a chance to have their cases heard. Because let's be honest, a guy like Buddy Parker, I'm talking about a coach who coached in the 1950s and up to the mid-60s, who was with Detroit, then with Pittsburgh, he didn't have a chance because who's there to campaign for him? Right. Nobody. Right. They're, they're mostly dead, honestly. Who's there to campaign for Mike Shanahan? Mike Holmgren, a lot of people. I mean, Tom Flores had his own commercial on TV. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, so, um, it's, it, so the, the board is skewed. And, and when you look at the seniors, I mean, I, I work with a guy named John Turney. He was an historian on a website called Pro Football. Uh, I'm called uh, Talk of Fame 2, um, dot com, and, and we go into Hall of Fame-related events, and this is, certainly was at the top of the list. I said, give me your top five guys who were omitted yesterday. Top three were pre-World War II guys, or mm. actually pre-1950 guys. Mm. Al Wister was one of them, Philadelphia. But three other guys were pre-World War uh, II. And, and they've been forgotten. I'm going to tell you, they're, they're might as well, they're gone. I mean, they're just not, they, I don't think they have a chance unless somebody does something to resurrect those names. And, and last year, only one was discussed as a finalist. And my point to Jim was, listen, we do these three candidates, legislate. The next four or five years, if you still have three, make one of them pre nineteen fifty. Yeah. Just make one of them pre, so we at least take care of those guys who are deserving. There's no sense in going into the resume of any of these guys. But I'm going to tell you, if you looked at them, you'd say, well, "Why isn't that guy in the Pro Football Hall of Fame?" Well, because he's gone. That's why no one remembers him. There's no ESPN footage. That's why. I um, so we talk about sort of recent guys anyway. Um, a couple things, uh, Clark, if I could. One, I, as you brought out, by the way, like I look over this list of seniors and I'm like, my God, you know, like there are so many, and uh, you know, a couple names that I think resonate with people here. Uh, uh, famously, the other side of the John Elway trade, Chris Hinton is on that list, and mm -hmm. Maxie Bond, who Ray Lewis will tell you was extraordinarily important in um in why he became Ray Lewis. I, I just look over at this list and I'm like, Ken Anderson, Otis, and like I can make arguments for so many of these guys. As being worthy, Sterling Sharp being worthy of being Hall of Fame. It's an incredible list of senior candidates. How about Randy Gratishar? Had yeah. over 2,000 career tackles. Defensive player of the year. Played on the Orange Crush defense. There's not one player from that Orange Crush defense. No Randy Gratishar, no Louis Wright, nobody who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How does that happen? That's wild. They just got forgotten. They fall through the cracks, and then it's up to the seniors committee to try to clean that up. It's an impossible task. It really is. I mean, I... I, I look at that list and go, I mean, I, I think Sterling Sharp has got a chance of coming out now, um, A, because he's worthy, B, because for whatever reason, 
he's really got some momentum now. I don't know what happened. He was forgotten as a modern era candidate. Nobody considered him. And now he's gotten some traction. And, and last year was one of the high finishers. So was Randy Gratishar. I think those two, I hope those two come out because Sterling Sharp, 1A to Jerry Rice's one in the 1990s. Sterling Sharp had to retire because of neck injury, but um, otherwise he would have been, I would think, uh, would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he had to retire after a relatively short career, seven years. But look at those seven years. I mean, it was just astounding what he did. But he's been forgotten. But it's up to these guys to try to get those guys back. And then when you're dealing with names that you either don't recognize, haven't heard of, didn't see, don't mm-hmm. have any film of, it's almost impossible. And a guy that I'm passionate about is Eddie Metter, who was a safety and defensive back, cornerback safety for the LA Rams in the sixties and the and Colts fans should remember him because the Colts and the Rams had some great games in the late sixties when they were in that coastal division. But Eddie Metter is the only, only first ballot safety from the 1960s, seventies, eighties, nineties, and 2000 all decade team, not in the pro football hall of fame. He's the only one, the only one. Well, why? Cause he's been forgotten. So it's up to this group now to pull him out. Um, I don't know that there's any momentum for him either. Is that fair? No, it's not fair. It's just the way it is. No question. No question about it. Uh, I'm going to tease it for everybody to go read about it at Talk of Fame, too. There is a Baltimore native and someone very significant in Baltimore football history that Clark feels strongly about that wasn't on the list of contributors um, for the semifinalists. And it's a complicated relationship that we have because of what led after he um, departed uh, Baltimore and what happened to that franchise afterwards. But I'll let you go read that right now at Talk of Fame, too. Um, if I could, before I let you go, Clark, um, we, we, we continue to see that life is difficult for wide receivers that try to break their way through mm-hmm. and guys that like yeah. we saw here that we think you know are, are guys that maybe are worthy of conversation, uh, Anquan Bolden, Steve Smith. It, it just seems like there's almost no hope of – these guys ever really breaking through considering the strength of the other wide receivers and how tough it's been. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think Steve Smith will be a finalist sooner before okay. or later. I'm not sure about Anquan Bolden. Um, but um, you're, you're right about that with wide receivers. The, the numbers are so right. gaudy now and inflated that it's really tough to pick and choose. And we've got three who were top 10 finalists this year as modern era candidates, Andre Johnson, uh, Tory Holt, and uh, who was the third one? Um, yeah, I've, I've actually forgotten off the top of my head. But we have we have three who are there. Oh, and um, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne, that's what I thought. And, yeah. and so we've got three there. And and so um, I go, okay, which one of those three do I think is Hall of Fame worthy? And I don't really know. I think maybe it's Andre Johnson. But all three were top ten finals. That puts them in the on death circle for next year. And I don't know that all three are worthy, but they've got such gaudy numbers. But wait till – the rest of the crew starts coming along. These guys, you know, 100 catch seasons, they're not rare anymore. They're, they're, they're not. And, and Steve Smith, I think, was different. And that's why I think he's going to, you, know, you may find him getting in there, um, you know, I guess, as I said, sooner rather than later. The guy I don't, honestly, don't understand is the guy that uh, people in Baltimore know about, but can't be too fond of it. Heinz Ward. Yeah. I, mean, I thought <laughs> of, the, of the group I saw, I thought Heinz Ward was the best. I, I thought because he could do everything, catch, um, make big catches at critical times, block, great blocker. Um, yeah, sometimes a dirty blocker, but a great blocker. Um, and was so critical to that franchise. He hasn't even been a finalist 
And I would take him ahead of the three top ten guys there this year. Wow, wow. Um, we'd be okay if it doesn't work out that way. No, I mean, he were probably right about yeah, it, but we'd be okay. <laughs> we'd be all right if we didn't have to I'll see Heinz Ward smile, Heinz Ward smile again after he laid somebody out in the middle of the field. We'd be all right with that. Uh, Clark, want to tell everybody about Talk of Fame too? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing Talk of Fame too with John Turney. He's an historian. Uh, we look at everything past, present, and future through a Hall of Fame lens. And it's uh, talkoffame2.com. You can find it. And there are stories right now about the semifinals, but there's stories about a lot of other people, including uh, sometimes Hans Ward and sometimes John Elway. But um, I did do one on Burt Jones. That I, I love Burt Jones. I love Burt. And you'll find a, a story of Burt Jones. Yeah, there, oh, so. Anyway, I, I love Baltimore. We used to cover the Colts. Yep. Uh, love the Colts. My favorite team as a kid. So you can find Baltimore Colts stuff on there, too. At Clark Judge, TOF on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, next year, obviously, you and I will have to have a lot of uh, Marshall Yonda conversations, but we will get to that. And when we yep. get to that, that'll be the way that it goes. Clark, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the con- time for us, as always. You got it, Glenn. Good talking to you. Clark Judge with us, Talk of Fame 2, uh, Hall of Fame voter, uh, very involved with this, and that's unfortunately kind of what I expected was for him to tell us that it just don't look great for Art Modell's chances of breaking through this time, and I don't care for that, but it's just the reality of it. I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised. I hope that somebody starts some sort of campaign, and I don't know who that would be. We have heard over the years that there have been tears shed in an attempt, in a passionate attempt by someone to keep Art Modell out of the Hall of Fame. We were told that by someone that in the room, when they debated Art Modell, a person that feels very passionately that Art Modell does not belong in the Hall of Fame. This is a person from Cleveland. I don't want to say anything, right? Because I wasn't there, right? Like, I I wasn't there. So I, I was just told that someone was so passionate in attempting to sway people to not vote for Art Modell that they literally started crying. So, do you know, whatever that makes you feel, that makes you feel. This is a different group, obviously, than the Hall of Fame voters that vote on players that get together to vote for, as, as Clark pointed out, it's a group of 12 people. And I, I, just don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I thought the hope was the centennial class a couple years ago. I thought that was Art Modell's chance. As it turns out, that was all just a sham to try to figure out a way to get Paul Tagliabue into the Hall of Fame, wanking motion. Um, Absolutely no world in which Paul Tagliabue is ever going to – I'm never going to feel the guy that said the Baltimore should build a museum instead of having a football team. Um, You know, that's just – I guess the NFL is just hell-bent on saying if we have a commissioner, you have to put him in the Hall of Fame. That's the way it goes. Like, if you want to have a working relationship with us – then you've got to come up with some sort of way because the voters were never going to vote Paul Tagliabue in. So they had to come up with some other thing in order to figure out a way to get him in. And like idiots, we thought that might be the moment that could finally get Art Modell his due, and it didn't work out that way. So kind of is what it is. I hope that it changes, but as Clark Judge said, I just don't see it changing. And I, I, I'm sorry I've lost passion over it. I, I've been kicked in the teeth over and over again. Every time I've gotten my hopes up, I've it's just not worked out. Every time I've attempted to, to, to talk about it with people, to tweet about it, to start some sort of campaign, it's just I'm at the point where I've almost given up. And I hate that, but it just sort of feels like it does not matter when anyone says, does, anything like that. We don't need to take a break here. We can take the break later. I thought we had something at 1120. Oh, uh... 
What, what are we doing in 11? John Rollo. I thought oh, we were yes. talking. Yes. Okay. All Star Week, baby. All Star Week. Do you want to blame the cheese? I actually. Yeah. You know what? I think I need I'll, a nap or something. I'll accept that. I'll cheese. accept you blaming the cheese for that one. Griffin's just standing, sitting there, staring into space. What are we doing, huh? Anything you wanted to? You wanna? Well, I was gonna do the show. That was my thought process. Today's show is brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You see on the cover, that is, of course, the late, great Tony Siragusa and an incredible cover story from Dave Ginsburg celebrating his life and legacy and how his family is working to keep his legacy alive. It's an unbelievably fantastic story. Encourage you to go pick this up for free. It has been flying off the shelves, so if you get somewhere and there's only a couple copies left, it, there might not be more coming. Like This has gone quickly, so go get it now before it is completely gone. The uh, print issue of Pressbox celebrating the life and legacy of the great Tony Saragusa. Tonight, I'm going to be in Owings Mills wearing a, a jacket with Christmas cats all over it, and I'm looking forward to emceeing the Show Your Soft Side Softy Homecoming event. It means a lot to me to be a part of that and this man, I know how much it means to him. He is the definition of a softie, despite the fact that when you see him, you are afraid that him just looking at you might lead to you having broken bones. He is the godfather of MMA here in the state of Maryland. Shogun fights, of course, ground control. He is the great John Rollo, and he's back with us now here on GCR. John, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. Hey, what's happening, brother? Everything good, dude? Yes, sir. I've yeah, been... I got you on speaker, and I got one of the cats is running. He's trying to get in a room. He's not allowed in. So if you hear him screaming in the background, that's what it is. So first, yeah. First of all, um, by the way, ni- nice friends you have. It, it, I appreciate you being willing to squeeze me in, in in between appearances and millions of downloads with Joe Rogan. Like I appreciate the fact yeah, that yeah. you'll still come yeah. slum it with yeah. me, despite the fact that you're a major podcast star now. No, I I appreciate it. Yeah, that was a, obviously a cool experience. I mean, I've known Joe for over yeah. 20 years. Um, my wife and son had went to South Carolina to visit some family. So I hadn't been to Austin, and I was just going to go down and check out the comedy club. And uh, when I was going down, uh, Joe was like, well, yeah, definitely come down because Matt Sarah is going to do the podcast. And Matt and I came up together at, and Henzo Gracie's, you know, uh, team – and, uh, you know, so I was like, all right, perfect. I'll be down. And when I went, when Joe picked us all up, then I was getting the tour of his compound where the podcast thing is. Um, he asked me if I wanted to jump on too. So it was uh, pretty awesome. Very and cool. I mean, we had a blast. Like Matt said, Hey, if they ever call me again, I'm, I'm having everybody back. He said, <laughs> cause if we, if we had, we had such a good time. It, it was just four old friends sitting around BS and really just having a conversation That's and really, uh, cool, man. really had a, had a blast. It was awesome. That's awesome, dude. Uh, I also saw you share on Facebook this morning. It's funny because like when I think of WEC, I think of the little guys, right? Like I'm thinking Uriah Faber. I'm thinking about Anthony Pettis. And I didn't even realize that you ever fought in WEC. So I saw you share this this morning that like the UFC had shared out, and I was like. Was there a time that John wasn't the largest human being that I've ever seen in my life? And then I watched the fight, and I was like, "Oh no, no, no. he was 250 pounds and a brick ass house. Like he was. It was just yeah. the WEC was yeah. different at the time." Yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome. Like back, like they had heavyweights actually back then. That event was an East Coast versus West Coast thing. So I fought a guy from uh, AKA, you know, where uh, 
Daniel Cormier, Cain Velasquez, Khabib, you know, it's uh, their team. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a TKO there. But, um, yeah, it was it was good times. Uh, you know, definitely enjoyed it. And it was it was wild. I'm assuming because of the podcast, you know yeah, what I mean? They must have yeah. uh, yeah, popped it out there because their fights are on, uh, you know, the fights that they have are on Fight Pass and you have to, like, be a member. So it's cool that they put it out there for free because a lot of my students hadn't seen that sure, stuff. And they sure. were like, hey, do you have any more? And I said, well, guys, you know, I was messing, I was fighting in the early nineties and early two thousands and there wasn't cell phones with video and all, <laughs> all that stuff. I said, you know, this one's on fight pass. I said, and the other ones really don't have it on tape because you, there was no other way to do it unless you were VHS recording the thing. Like you had your parents there recording, like it was a high school recital right? or something like that. Right? That's the only way you right? did video. No, it was dope. I mean, I, I honestly, God, as long as I've known you, I've barely, you know, like seen your fights over the years. So it was really cool for me. And especially in that one, because that dude came out swinging. Like that dude came out like he was yeah. going to murder you in that fight. Right. And that was incredible. Yeah, and that was, uh, was pretty good pretty good and uh you know i mean it was fun and even that one like i wish they would have let me just finish him all the way but uh you know he turned his back the first exchange what like the first punch i threw knocked his mouthpiece out and uh he turned his back and was kind of running and then we you know got into it you know and then we get back to you know get over all the details but when we get back to our feet they put his mouthpiece back in and uh, he kicks my leg. I start beating him up again, and he turns his back to me and, and runs again. And the, the ref was like, look, you can't turn your back. It's not intelligently defending yourself. So they stopped it after the second one. And, uh, and honestly, he, he didn't really complain much. So, yeah, he was good. You know, I was, <laughs> he had enough. You know? He's like, all right, man, uh, that's, uh, that's okay. Appreciate it. See you guys later. I'm good getting my ass kicked uh, by this massive human. I'll pass on any more of that. Um, John, I was right. talking with our friend William Vanzella last night, and he said, dude, you know this, this homecoming king, it's rigged, because you know John's going to win, because the moment that we, <laughs> the, the moment you walk into that room tonight and I announce you, and they see someone your size, and I've seen it every time we've done one of these events, adorably carrying around a small cat, there is nothing like the visual of massive, ass-kicking human with adorable small cat that makes everyone say, oh, my God, the same way. So you've been established as, like, the the three-to-one favorite to win Homecoming King tonight. Do you feel like that's about right? <laughs> well, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, they, they already tried the crown on me when we did the, uh, the interview the other morning. So, uh, you know, and I'm not sure if it's going to fit my giant dome, but, you know, that would be pretty wild. Yeah, I think the kittens actually are what does it. Um, and, you know, it was crazy when Sandy first asked me to do it. Like, you know, uh, I don't know if people know, but I was like one of the charter members. Yep. It was myself, Jared Johnson, and uh, Adam Jones. And Adam Jones, big star. You know, Jared Johnson, star for the Ravens. And, you know, I, I don't consider myself a star at all. You know, definitely not on any level of those guys. And when they posted our pictures and the two of them had their dogs and I had my cat, like I, I got a better response, I guess, just because of the the, the uh, contrast of a shaved gorilla holding a cat, you know. So it it, it you know, and and now you know, I, and and I, you know, there's not tons of guys that are cat guys. So you know, I'm I am the, I'm the cat guy, yep. uh, and uh, like it's crazy. Like even in the in Rogan's world, Joey Diaz, if you're familiar with Joey, yeah, he's yeah. a cat guy. So when I met Joey, it was a, like we hit it off because he had like four cats. At the time, I had five cats. 
So uh, it was funny. You got these two big gorillas, you know, talking about their cats. It's uh, pretty funny. That's awesome. That is so cool. So, so John, for people that like, I, I don't think you and I have just ever talked about it. Why are you such a cat person? Like, where did your love for cats come from? Were you ever? Did you ever have a dog growing up? Did you like? I think people would look it's at you just, and. Yeah. Like assume you you're just seem, love, uh, you feel like you should be the guy that's a pit bull guy. Like let's be honest about it, right? Oh, like, I've, I've I've had I've had a pit bull. Okay. Um, like here, you're gonna enjoy this story because it's it fits me. Um, you know, back in the day, I had uh, you know, had some rental properties, had one house. These people trashed this house. I mean, it was a mess. Uh, they had cats, kittens running around everywhere. They were like fifteen hundred behind on their rent. And uh, I went over there to see what was going on. And, uh, you know, these, like I said, they were just deadbeats. And um, so, you know, when I'm leaving, one of the kittens follows me out of the house. And and the girl I'm with at the time was like, oh, my God, he's so cute. I said, take that cat. I said, they owe me 1500 anyway. Take it. And uh, we brought him home. I had a Roddy at the time. And... The cat, we named him Doobie. He was like a tuxedo cat. And, uh, you know, I wind up like just we bonded, man. And and what really I think brought us super close, because this was not long when I had him, I was doing like uh, conditioning. So at the old house, I had a, lived in, in the city. It was in a row house. I'm watching a big screen TV. And I'm just doing like step up. So on my steps, so I'm walking up a few steps back down, up, down, up, down, kind of like the old wrestler conditioning and on the last step down man i i stepped on the kitten um like and not full weight but i i, I you know the very last step i took i felt him and i scared the crap out of him you never seen anything so scary he he ran into the walls like bang 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 when i found when i saw him he's underneath of like a, a like a dresser and i saw blood coming out of his nose. oh god and i didn't I, yeah, I thought I squashed the insides oh. out of him. Like I get, and you know, this is a long time ago. So I get a phone book out, find the emergency vet, and I'm living in again in the city. I made it to Lutherville. It was in York Road. The emergency vet was back then. I got there. I swear to God, I did a hundred miles an hour sure. the whole way. Oh, I'm like, I, I got him wrapped in a towel. I'm talking to him. You know, you know, come on, little man, come on, little man. So I get him out there. They check him over. They want to keep him the night for observation, but they told me, they go, man, he's perfectly fine. They said his oxygen saturation is like 98%. They said like, they said he really kind of has a broken nose from running into the walls himself from, you know, being scared. And after that, like, I guess, cause I, you know, helped him. Like we were just joined at the hip. Yeah. I would literally go to my friend's house to watch football on Sundays I would stick Doobie in my jacket, drive out to his house because he had a couple cats, and he would play with them. And when we were done watching the games, I'd throw him back in my coat and drive him back That's home. So great, and uh, you know, and you and I'll be honest, I was never a cat person because you know they're kind of aloof, especially if you don't know them. You know, they're I always drop the De Niro line for meet the parents. You know, dogs are whores. You have to earn a cat's respect. Dogs let everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody can it. love them, right? Yeah. Cats, you know, yeah, cats. You got, you know, because Jinxie Cat was his man. Yep. So, you know, so when when I got him, and uh, you know, I did have a Roddy, but you know, he just. I think also they say when cats are brought up with dogs that they take on the dog features. This cat would come when you call his name, 
Like, they're not aloof at all. Wow. If you handle the cats, they're very friendly. Like, I call any of my cats their names. They know their names, and they'll come to you. If I say no, they stop what they're doing. So it's just a matter of doing that. So, yeah, we had a Roddy. And, uh, you know, now my, my wife and I did have a, a pit bull. And, um, you know, she, you know, Coca passed um, eventually. But she was here with, like, four cats wow. in the house, too. So, uh, you know, so for all the myths out there that these, you know, how pit bulls are, pit bulls are savages, you know, I like I, I could show you videos of like Dexter, you know, one of my oldest cat now, like confiscating her bed that she laid on and she's snorting and everything trying to get him to get up and he's just knocked out, you know, so pretty funny stuff. But yeah, so like Doobie kind of converted me. And, and the other thing that converted me was the lifestyle because you know, with, I was traveling to New York a bunch training with Henzo. I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, traveling on tours and things like that. So the the cats are much easier to, uh, you know, to care for like a dog is, is pretty much, and not saying a cat's not, but a dog's like a child, Correct. you have to walk him, you have to take him outside. If you're not home, you have to have people come feed him, walk him, you know, make sure he's able to get, get outside to go to the bathroom where a cat, you know, if you're gone for the weekend, you know, if, if he's got food and, and a, a clean litter pan, you know, and I just have, you know, somebody pop in so they have some interaction with people, um, you know, it's, it's just much easier to, uh, to keep. So I think for that, you know, that was part of it. My lifestyle kind of matched up. And again, you know, they're super affectionate and they are super friendly and they will be uh, very sociable if you bring them up that way from a young age. Well, if you want to see a shaved gorilla, his words, not mine, walking around tonight <laughs> adorably with kittens, uh, we will be at the uh, Marriott Owings Mills Metro Center for the Show Your Soft Side Softy Homecoming. And if you don't know about Show Your Soft Side, as John said, he is one of the originals. And I, I, this this group, the moment that you get connected with them, the work that they're doing is so unbelievably important. And, John, I think you can speak, too, because I know you've been talking about it this week. Like we're kind of at critical mass right now in the area as far as the number of animals that need to be adopted. And this is an important night for us to try to not just raise money, but actually get some animals adopted because like it's overwhelming right now how many need to be adopted from area shelters. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know, I, I think the more I mean, the more people can see what we're doing, the more people can come out and interact with the animals. I believe there's gonna be animals from four different shelters. Yep. Uh, there tonight um you know it's it, you, look you're 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 they say how you're giving the animal a forever home but you're really saving the animal's life because you know if these if the animals don't get adopted and and you know the, the places are overflowing they can't take them anymore you know the alternative is for the oldest and and the most ill you know would probably be put down so you know you have to find it in your heart to to go out uh, to see what's going on, to help donate to these uh, charities. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, once you interact with the animals, I mean, our animals basically, I mean, I've had a bunch of adoptions. I've had where, you know, I went to an opening for the store pet value and, you know, they had a cat there who we wound up adopting named Caesar. He was a white cat. He was gorgeous, had blue eyes. I took a picture of him, sent him to my wife, and she's like, oh, my God, I want him. You know what I mean? So we – uh <laughs> You know, we wound up adopting him. We adopted Dexter. Um, you know, right now I have 
two of the cats are adoptions from Barks, actually, and the other two are cats that we took in from people we knew who couldn't care for them anymore. Um, you know, so, you know, we took them in so they didn't have to be put in shelters. So, I, you know, currently I have four, uh, you know, cats in the house. Uh, John, uh, my wife and I are on, we've had two rescue dogs now and also a couple of rescue cats. And I, look, be- becoming a parent, obviously, is probably the most significant thing that we've done. But I think that we established the fran- the foundation for us on our marriage um, via adoption and and that care. And I think what it's done for our relationship, I, I don't want to be over, I don't want to say the only reason why we're together is because of that, but I think it's gone a long way for us as partners to learn partnership and to understand what that looks like. Um, you know, we, we joke all the time, like, you know, I didn't save them, they saved us. But like the, the reason why we say that is because there's tangible evidence of it. And our my right. life is entirely different um, because of that. And I'm eternally grateful for it. Again tonight. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, they're just—they give you some. Uh, I mean, you're you're just getting you're getting love. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Like, there's plenty of times if you're in the house alone, and you got the cats, they're interacting with you, they're jumping up in your lap. You know what I'm saying? So, I just think it 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 just keeps you healthy, and I, I think it keeps your it keeps your sanity. It helps fight depression and things of this sort because, you know, you have someone showing you this uh, unconditional love and who you know really depends on you for the, for their care. Um, tonight, again, find out more, showyoursoftside.org, but it's Softy Homecoming, and we've linked up the event on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio as well. Still room for you to come out and join us. Great food and drinks, and got the opportunity to rub elbows with some uh, megastars, not just yep. John. I mentioned William Vanzella from The Blast. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, perhaps you've heard of him. He'll be there tonight. Um, <laughs> and some other great, just a great group of people. That'll be a part of the Softy yep, yep. Homecoming. Oh, and, uh, yep, Glenn, I know you already said it's out the Marriott Owings Mills Metro Center. It's tonight. It's uh, it's from 6 to 10 p.m. So, uh, you know, even if you're out that way, you get off of work, maybe you can pop through and uh, grab a ticket. The money goes to a great cause. And uh, let's help these animals find forever homes. Hey, before I let you go, are, are we? is there any reason at all why we should be slowing down the Bo Nickel hype train? Is there any reason why we shouldn't be talking about him like he is going to be the biggest star in the entirety of the sport for the next decade? Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, look, I'm a huge Bo Nickel fan. Um, I love Penn State wrestling. I mean, I'm a wrestler, and, uh, you know, I, I love wrestling. Um, Penn State, I, I enjoy watching Big Ten wrestling. It's on all the time. Uh, Bo Nickel, I was a fan. Jason Nolf, I was a fan. Uh, you're going to hear Roman Bravo Young. Like, this is a guy who's been doing grappling tournaments and things behind the scenes. So I definitely believe he's going to make a splash in the MMA world. Uh, Anthony Cassaro, he's a, was a heavyweight from, uh, I think he's fighting 205 now, but he was a heavyweight at Penn State. Uh, another stud wrestler who's busting into the MMA scene. Uh, Bo, I believe, he's super smart, and he started. I believe they have an ATT in uh, at State, you know, in Penn State College, and uh, you know, so these wrestlers, when they're done wrestling, they're over here working jujitsu, working their boxing. So I can tell you this: if Bo can get his hands half as good as his wrestling, you know, he's gonna he's he's gonna terrorize people. I'm rooting for him, obviously. Um, it's so early to tell, like, like, I just hope they don't rush him, you know, along too soon. Like you you can be the greatest wrestler you want, but, uh, you really need to be well-rounded in today's game. Mm -hmm. He had a fight against a guy who was more experienced and probably would have been a little better test. 
you know, I give props to the kid that stepped in. It was only on a few days' notice, but he really, in my opinion, kind of looked like, I mean, you roll on the scene and you're in a crowd of 18,000 or however many people were there. You're fighting a guy who's a, you know, world champion wrestler. You know, I think he was a three-time NCAA champion wrestler. Uh, all the hype behind him, like I just, you know, I, I think that guy was a little overwhelmed. Sure. Um, it both both took him out the way he should have. Um, you know, so it, it's hard for me to have an honest opinion until you really see him tested. But knowing his drive, knowing his uh, work ethic, knowing his talent on the wrestling mats, and, and I've always said wrestling is the best base to have because the superior wrestler will, will dictate where the fight is being fought. Uh, you know, he controls whether he wants to take it down. He controls whether he wants to keep it standing. And, uh, you know, so I'm assuming he's been doing his jujitsu. And uh, when, you know, if his hand, like I said, his hands didn't look horrible, but, you know, could we tell in such a short time, uh, you know, if, if his hands get just halfway decent, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of people out there, you take an ass whippings from Bo Nickel. <laughs> uh, at JRollo44 on Twitter is how you follow him again. Tonight we'll see out the uh, Marriott Owings Mills Metro Center for Show Your Soft Side Softy Homecoming. John, always appreciate you, brother. Thanks for hopping on with me this morning. Uh, I'll see you tonight, all right? Yep. yep, thanks, Glenn. See you tonight, brother. John Rollo, the uh, godfather of MMA, uh, single-handedly the reason why we have – like it's, it's, it's funny because we're going to do fighting words here in a minute – I don't even know that Griffin realizes that, like, you know, it was it was 15 years ago that we couldn't have authorized mixed martial art fights in the state of Maryland. And almost single-handedly, John Rollo is the reason why we do. Hmm. And the reason why we got to have a UFC event at the Baltimore Arena with John Jones and Glover Teixeira. And it was just one of the great nights that I ever had in uh, the city of Baltimore. And hopefully we'll get to have another one of those now that the arena has been revitalized. That would be great news. There's no not an obvious choice. The, you know, the John Jones thing was so obvious because his brother Arthur had been playing for the Ravens at the time, and the city had kind of adopted him because of that. I don't, you know, Tucker Lutz is a, yeah. a nice fighter, but not certainly not. He doesn't mm, fight this weekend. Right, he's on the yes. Holly Home card. Yes. Correct. Um, I, I hope. I hope. I, know, I hope. You know, it's been tough, right? It like it's been. it's been tough. And I, but I hope there are more, right? Like, I hope that there are more that are coming. There's not an obvious choice for here's why we would do another event in Baltimore that, that doesn't exist the same way other than, you know, like John Rollo is really plugged in with UFC and everybody there loves him and he's a very important person. So that would be great if uh, it could play a role in that or another, you know, court company of some sort. We'll talk more about that. Griffin gets to do fighting words when we come back in as we continue along on a Thursday edition of GCR. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. 
Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All Electric Tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel sick. And we had two bites. Yeah, I don't feel great. Uh, like, I, I want mean, this out of me in whatever fashion is necessary. I, 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 whether, whatever end it comes out of, I just want it out. I can feel it inside of me. It's like a parasite. The, it's actually a shame because well, I, I liked Kraft Singles. I, I, I never liked Kraft, Kraft Singles. Kraft Singles is the bottom barrel, right, of cheese. For making a grilled cheese, but, though, it was fine. But, but the, I don't disagree with yeah. that. You can do better, but it's fine. Like, it's serviceable. Sure. And I would go a step further, which is... 
if you just happen to have them in your fridge and you grab one, it's not like you're going to be mad at yourself no, you're fine. for eating a single craft single. Like you'll just say, okay, that's fine. It's what it is. This, I, I okay, I've talked about it before. I had to have a colonoscopy when I was like 20. I was about to say 12. I, was like, well, I no, also 20, thought that. 22. So, I mean, I, I was young. You know what I mean? But. Does that mean I'm behind? No, maybe I was tw- whatever age I was. I had to have a colonoscopy. I had a very specific issue. Okay. So, I was hanging out with my buddy and his girlfriend, and we were close. And she said, "Well, hey, you know, like you're not gonna believe this, but I actually had to have a colonoscopy like five years ago for something very specific." She said, "That stuff that you, I don't if you guys don't know, you have to clean yourself out before you have a colonoscopy, and they give you this." liquid that you have to consume it's like a laxative or just... kind of it okay. cleans you out okay. it get everything comes out mm. and she said look you can't drink that straight you're it's gonna you're gonna want to vomit and then you're not it's not gonna work right like you can't just throw it back up you have to consume it in order to get yourself cleaned out she said so what i did and i'll help you out she said i mixed it with crystal light and i was like okay you know if you say so so the day I the day before I'm having my colonoscopy, she comes over to my house, and she it was very sweet of her, right? She had to do this. She wasn't my girlfriend. She prepares like the what she believes to be the correct combination of crystal light and this whatever they call it, and it's not so bad, right? Like you know I'm, but what it does to you, like what your body goes through the day before a colonoscopy is. Unlike anything I can describe in words, it is wretched. And so whenever now, after that date, whenever I smelled crystal light, if I walk into a room, I could smell it immediately. And I, like I started like retching, right? If I just smelled a crystal light. So what I'm worried about is that now, this next time craft cheese, singles yeah. I might end up having the same response mm. to now that I've experienced this where because it is so I'm t- my, my I am sick like there is a feeling in my stomach that I cannot com- I, I can't explain it feels like there are 10,000 trojans currently fighting in my stomach um oh that that the Tonight, the real we dine in Sparta right now the real in my stomach the real cheeseburger is the Trojan horse yes correct it's exactly, everyone it's, exactly it's like oh it's it cheese yeah and I I'm like terrified that. the next time like my son goes and grabs out a craft single and opens it up I want to start like having a type of feeling do you think it would have been better like john and little rock was saying getting boar's head cheese do you think it would have yeah been better, better cheese definitely would have made it better i don't disagree i do think that part of the problem it's like when you see that brick of velveta right, right. like it's, it's like, just gross better cheese would have helped but also like that cheese probably would have been thinner it probably would have been like i, I, I know i don't want to keep thinking about it it's disgusting it's, i'm also mad because i found out that uh, apparently our my friends the uh, the junkies already did it this morning so we weren't even uh, the, we weren't even the first damn now, as everyone knows, in this business, we all steal from each other. That's the way that it works. And the junkies actually at one point asked if they could steal the Lamar meter concept. Mm. And those guys are, are effing legends in this industry and have been nothing but kind to me at every turn for no reason at all. Like, they're always so very nice. When I was working down there, they'd go out of their way to come in and talk to me, and they're just really good guys. Um, so I have no issue with the fact that, like, we're doing the same. If, if we're doing what they're doing, 
That means we're doing, we're the, doing right the right thing. Yes, correct. Because they are the kings of this industry. No one has ever done this business the way the junkies have done this business. But I'm a little mad that they, they did they, it before. Like I, yeah. When somebody sent me that, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Um, but they didn't put Old Bay on it, I don't think. There we go. I, mean, I don't know. We still always have that. We did yeah, it with yeah. Old Bay. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. Oh, I feel gross. All right. I, too. I feel heavy. I feel so Dude, I feel so gross. Look at Carson's just sitting here like no problem at all. He's just I good. I mean, he's right. young. Everything just yeah. goes. Like, he's like, I'll take a nice poop later. Everything, everything just goes my way. Right? Like, <laughs> it's the way it is. It's like the Jerry Seinfeld. Just, I mean, yeah, right. every, things always just work out for me. God, I hate <laughs> you. I hate you so much. Oh, I feel like I have another burp coming on. Oh, there you go. That wasn't that little big. Baby. Little, yeah, baby little baby burp. Little baby burp. Oh, okay. Go burp I want, him, yeah. I want that out. <laughs> let me burp you. <laughs> yeah, let me lay. <laughs> I think that's outside my uh, job description as an intern. <laughs> uh, no. There's nothing outside your job <laughs> description, Carson. All right. Uh, let's do this. It's Fighting Words with Riffin Bats. Fighting Words brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Coming up later on tonight, Stan, Gary Stein, and Orioles team historian Bill Stetka, who does not have to come in here. Oh, uh, I got a date from Andrew. I need to talk to Tim from oh. Bel Air. Crap, I think okay. it's coming up, too. I think it's the weekend of the... Oh, piss. We got to get in touch with Tim. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have you... Yeah, we'll work on that. All right, all right. Because the first week of August is yes. when they're doing the 50th or the 40th right, anniversary right. celebration That's and when Andrew's stay. coming okay. back to town to be a part of that and he wants to do it on the Thursday of that week and I don't know how that's going to work for um, for Tim because we kind of need him to make this worm burger because yeah. Lord knows I wonder how long the prep for a worm burger takes if not Carson's going to have to learn how to make <laughs> a worm burger Oh, I actually am a really good cook, so I could do it. You think you can make a worm burger? I'm a really good cook. Well, if for some reason Tim from Bel Air is not available on the Thursday worms. of uh, the first Thursday of August, okay. congratulations! You're I'm not, gonna I'm be not eating hook. it, but I'll make it. No, 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 no. Of course not. Only I'll, Andrew Stecka. Only losers. Yes, <laughs> correct. I'll dress it up real nice. Uh, but Bill Stecka, who's not Andrew Stecka and doesn't have to eat a worm burger, although he could also just choose to if he would like. Bill Stecka will be on tonight with um, Stan and Gary. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can see it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Where are we starting? Uh, there's a couple places we could start. It was a pretty big uh, big week for fighting words. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, UFC 290 and, and recap that. Mm -hmm. uh, it pretty much lived up to the hype. Uh, the main card was excellent. Every single fight you know, left you with something to talk about. Uh, you know, from Bo Nickel at the very beginning, uh, all the way to the the, the uh, main event, which was Alex Alexander Volkanovsky got a third round TKO of Yair Rodriguez and kind of cemented himself up there with you know probably one of the greatest featherweights that we've ever seen. Uh, like Jose Aldo, Conor McGregor, sure, Volkanovsky very well could be ahead of ahead of Aldo. I mean, he's he hasn't lost yet. Like he has not lost at the featherweight. Um, so or in the UFC, I should say. Um, at the UFC featherweight, so like he's he's I mean it's it's kind of like what so the question really now is like what's next for him like he can fight another featherweight fight uh, it's probably Ilya Toporia who we saw fight a couple weeks ago uh, and he he I think he, would, he, oh, he beat Josh Emmett and uh, you know he, it, he he'd be up next um, but it's like is like does Volk even need to do that like for his legacy I'm or does at he, this point he has nothing else to prove really there's not yeah there's nothing else for him to prove he could go up to fight Islam again at 155 uh, try to do you know try to try to try to Try to win both belts, I guess. You'll go 155 and 145. But, you know, Volkanovski put on just another classic classic performance. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that there's a real argument that he might be the be greatest featherweight we've, we've seen. Okay. Yeah. All right. What else from the card mattered? Uh, Al Alexandre Pantoja, he knocked off Brandon Moreno to win the to win the flyweight title. Uh, it was a very great fight. Went 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 the distance, full five rounds, but all every single minute of the fight was entertaining. Back and forth, they were going to the ground, they were punching each other in the face. Um, so Pantoja won on a split decision. This was a tough fight to score. I I I think I scored it for Brandon Moreno, uh, three to two. The, the, there were three rounds that were clear. I think round one and round five went to Pantoja. Uh, round two definitely went to Moreno. But then three and four, th to me, those were little, literally uh, coin flips. Uh, I thought Moreno did the better in the striking exchanges in those rounds. Pantoja did have takedowns in both those rounds. I just didn't really think he did, you know, as much as he should have mm. with those takedowns. Mm. But you know, I guess these judges, because the judging was weird, because the the one judge that scored it for Moreno gave him four rounds to one, and then the other two gave Pantoja three rounds to two. Um, so it was a little weird. I, again, I'm not like that up in arms about this decision just because it was such a great fight. It was really back and forth, and uh, they, they, there's a lot the, they can do at flyweight now. You know, you can get because Pantoja has beat Moreno in the past, so you could run it back. Um, but then again, you're kind of clogging the division like we just saw with Moreno and Figueredo going going uh, go, going four straight fights. Um, which again, I don't think I'd be mad at. Like I, what I'm finding is that Brandon Moreno, just big fan of that guy. He just is a great entertainer. He's gonna put on an entertaining fight. Uh, he can finish it. If it goes the distance, you're still going to be entertained for 25 so straight So the minutes. story that everybody's talking about with Pantoja is that apparently we found out that only two fights ago he was still driving for Uber in <laughs> order to make ends meet. That uh, like, that does not surprise. That, that, I mean, And, and the like, question is, like, is that because that's just the path that you take or is that just another example of Dana White being a creep and mm – -hmm fighters not making what they're worth for a company that's worth plenty of money yeah um that's that's there's that, that's probably more the latter dana white you know being a bit stingy um when this thing you know makes it makes plenty of money yep. and that kind of could be this kind of sets up the second uh second uh talking point here of of uh of fighting words with tyson fury and francis Agano. that well, fight hang on. Is, let, uh, let me let me go back let me go okay. back for a second the bow nickel thing yeah is it just Whatever, yeah, I, this was a guy. Yeah, this it's kind of what John Rollo was saying. Yeah. It's really too early to tell. I mean, he's still got, you know, he's the, he's such a great wrestling prospect that, you know, uh, this guy really is the limit because he's such a great wrestling prospect. He said in his post-fight, you know, he wants to take time, you know, wants to spend time with his wife and his or, or I don't know if he has a daughter or son, but he, he's got a kid and he wants to, you know, take some time and hopefully he's able, hopefully the UFC allows him to do that, you know, and like is able to slow roll him. So okay. that way he can continue to, you know, refine his skills. And I mean, he got a knockout, but I mean, that guy it's was, just, I, I feel like it's going to be difficult for them because the opportunity to have an, a truly an American star mm -hmm. is kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Right. Like uh, they have had very few of those in recent years, like yeah. um, true American superstars. And he's, he's got time at one. I mean, at one eighty five, we, we saw in the third fight from the top, Drake is Duplessis. He beat Robert Whitaker. He knocked out Robert, Robert Whitaker. And that sets up him uh, getting the South African Drake is Duplessis getting a title fight against Israel Adesanya. Um, so that'll be in September, I believe. And that should be a really, really exciting fight. I mean, it's just, you know, Izzy's kind of the boogeyman. He's he's still kind of the boogeyman of middleweight, even though Pajara showed that you can you can beat him. Um, but he's still. I mean, no one else has come close right. to, to beating Israel Adesanya. It kind of seems like Drake Duplessis. He's just this really tall, jacked guy that you know hits really hard. It's kind of like uh, Paulo Costa um, a couple years back who fought Israel Adesanya, and then Izzy knocked, ended up knocking him out too. And it's just you know it's just like it, it, we've never really seen anyone. 
uh, outside of Pejero, who's just got uh, apparently the strongest left hand okay. in the, in the, that we've seen in, in some time. Um, so that that's an exciting one. Dan Hooker beat Jalen Turner in the second fight, uh, which was the only notif- notable thing is that it was just a, it was a good back and forth fight, and Dan Hooker broke his arm and his orbital bone, huh. uh, and he showed huh. the X-rays afterwards. But I mean, he was nasty. He, yeah, it was nasty. Okay, uh, and he won that fight, so right. good for him. Uh, my parlay didn't hit that I that ah, I gave up. Yeah. Uh, way to go, yeah. jerk. Nico Price got knocked out by Robbie way Lawler. Way to go. So hopefully Robbie Lawler does get to ride off into the sunset, though, with a knockout victory. Did uh, he not, like, announce afterwards that... Uh, I mean, like he, that was it was definitely the inclination, but like I don't know if if he oh, wants to come back, sick. like you know, okay. they right. I don't think anyone would say no. It's Robbie Lawler. I get it. I get it. Um, and then uh, Jack Delamontalena, his fight got scratched. He's actually fighting this weekend now. Okay. Um, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, the boxing match that is set October twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I mean, I think it's notable. Uh, it's, it's not. It, it's well, definitely not notable. Francis Ngannou's it's a thing that's money. happening. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm sure there'll be plenty of money, but it's, it's not actually. This is again. This is going to go back to the eternal thing. Y'all mm-hmm. can say it. I'm yelling at a cloud, and I'll continue to yell at a cloud. It's embarrassing, is what it is. It's just embarrassing. It's going to be a real fight. They said they're using, you know, the the real like boxing rules and great knockouts. Great point, judge. If it's a real fight, system. then it'd be over in three seconds. Like uh, it's not going to yeah. be a real <laughs> fight. They're not going to do that. They're going to make sure that there's enough of a. It, it's like when Floyd Mayweather fought Conor McGregor. If that was a real fight, it would not. Floyd McGregor, McGregor, Floyd McGregor. I just made him one Floyd person. Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather would have ended it quickly, like pretending like even the highest level of an MMA fighter can just step in and truly compete with the greatest boxer in the world is nonsense, nonsense. So it's important that they make sure they at least put on some amount of a show. Right. It's imperative yeah. that it happens that way. And then ultimately Tyson Fury wins. Yeah. Because it's not actually real. That is probably what happens. It's still, I mean, just as a fan of Francis Ngannou, he's got a great story, and I'm happy for him that, you know, he, he, this is going exactly how, how it should be going for him. You know, he got away from the UFC where you have champions who were Uber drivers two years ago, um, and now he's going to be making, he's, I mean, all eyes, on October 28th, all eyes are going to be on, on him, and he's living out his dream. He's Certainly not he all eyes, but yes, it will so. draw, it so. will draw a lot. It, it, let's be fair. It won't be as big as, it won't be anywhere close to as big as Mayweather McGregor was. It won't be, and I mean this with respect to Francis Naganu. he was not the draw that other top stars in the UFC were. He was a draw, but he was not the draw. Mm. Um, now, you could argue about whether or not he was a better fighter than some of these guys that were drawing better than he was, and I would argue that he was. I, it, it's, it's shameful. I mean, Francis Nagano is a mixed martial artist. And if he wants to be a boxer, he doesn't fight Tyson Fury. He fights someone legitimate to prove that he's capable of being a boxer. He, he goes and he fights someone. And he says, I'm going to do this. This is not... You can say you feel good for him, and ultimately, if a guy's getting paid, whatever. I'm, not, I'm never going to quarrel with someone choosing to get paid it's a shame that you're willing to trade your soul for it and it's not like he's the first and it's not like he'll be the last it's a shame that you're willing to do the dog and pony show in a way i almost feel like competing in the wwe is more legitimate because we know what it is you're not trying to pretend like it's something else you're going to be a performer everybody knows that this you're trying to pass off as being some amount of legitimate and there's nothing legitimate about it. There's absolutely zero legitimate about putting Francis Ngannou in a boxing ring with Tyson Fury. They have to make sure it goes a certain way because there's so much money involved. It's WWE. 
That's what it is. At least in WWE, we don't lie about it. it we saw, like, how, how did... I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I'm, I'm right. doing... All right. How's James... How'd James Tony do when he attempted to be a UFC fighter? How'd that work out? This thing where you just think that someone can step over and do the other thing, not saying they couldn't, not saying that there isn't some world in which if they wanted to do both, they could train both and be a high-level competitor. But it's embarrassing for boxing. It's embarrassing for mixed martial arts. It's embarrassing that we continue to try to present these things as being legitimate in some way when we know damn well they're not actually legitimate. And I'll never shake that. I understand you're, you know, he's trying to be a freedom fighter. He's trying to, to shove it up, you know, Dana White's ass. I'm telling you, I would rather him go and do something with WWE. Because at least we're not lying about it. At least we're all on the level about what it is. And he can make plenty of money. I guess that now that they're all one company, probably yeah. that's a little bit, it's not really an option. I don't know. I have yeah, no idea if that would even be an option anymore, right? I should um, yeah. You know, maybe you could go do it for AEW, right? Mm -hmm. Like, go, go, like, Tony Khan pay him a boatload of money to to fight whoever. The, I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, I mean, boxing fans are, are, you know, they're not, they're a little disappointed. I mean, I still think it's, it's, I think it's, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess, I guess it, there's arguments you're the wrong both ways. You, you will watch I know, stuff I will that watch isn't it, legitimate. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> You can't really be the one. You have no problem watching illegitimate fighting, and that's because I can, I want to separate it. I want it to be. I guess I want it to be real, and and I want I want to. I want to consume it. It's definitely not much. real. I know, but like, it's one hundred percent. They're not still going to be putting on boxing gloves and going. You know, however long they go, ten rounds, and until we see. It. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be carnage. I think and. Like, I would be very surprised if there's carnage. Well, they're gonna be but cut if, up and and beat up. Like, yeah, I think that they'll go through the motions. Like, I I don't think that like they're just gonna walk in and dance for ten rounds. I do think that they'll actually hit each other. But Tyson Fury knows that he's not. He can't just walk in and end the fight. He has to to do like dance for a little while. And so whatever that looks like, and then of course that that leads to well, what if Francis struck him with one clean? If Deontay Wilder's not doing that, shut up. Like, we just say dumb things sometimes. Well, you know, it's like it's how they sold uh, uh, in the WWE Logan Paul taking on Roman Reigns. Well, all it would take is one shot. <laughs> and imagine putting those two dudes and next to each other. That's all it takes, one shot. And trying to suggest that, and I, by the way, at least physically, these guys look similar. Um, sorry. I, yeah. It's, uh, what, it's what it is. I guess this will be the bad bad. Oh, transition. I saw that Wanderlei Silva is going to do a boxing match too. Is he? Who's he? Because why not? He's a yeah. thousand years old. Good for him. God. Good for him. Go Jesus, just, you know, keep keep doing keep doing you. Yeah, man. keep doing That's you. You got it. You got it. So embarrassing. Uh, so embarrassing. we want to keep. Uh, is Ronda just, Rousey coming back? Uh, I don't think so. There was a story about that this that week. That she wants to come back to the UFC. Oh yeah. Oh well, now that I guess Amanda Nunez is gone. Hang on a second. <laughs> there's a, there's there the was definitely a Ronda Rousey and, story. And well, I guess the talk is the 145 uh, division in women's uh, women's UFC is essentially probably gonna have to fold uh, just because there's not enough really. There's just not enough uh, fighters uh, there anymore now that now that Amanda Nunez is gone. So that would be I guess. Ronda Rousey would come back to win the 145, and then who, I don't know if she can get down to 135 anymore. But 
that would be I guess that would certainly be interesting. That'd be good for the UFC. People would certainly want to see what Ronda Rousey has to offer. What now six seven uh, years? Joanna, how do you pronounce yeah, her last? Uh, you're, 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 yeah, Yedrace Check. Um, you want a J? Suggested that so apparently she's telling people that she's out of WWE before WrestleMania next year, and Joanna Jedrzejczyk thinks that she would get an immediate title shot at bantamweight. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joanna or, or Ronda? Ronda, Ronda. Would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she just, I mean, her name alone would certainly probably give her a title shot anywhere she wanted, whether that's PFL. Yeah, that's you know. yeah, that's Ronda Rousey. Yeah, right? like that's the way it goes. Although it's not legitimate, but that's the UFC doesn't care about that either anymore, which is hilarious. They let CM Punk fight. I mean, come on. Stop. See, you you and your CM Punk. I mean, it's, th- it changed everything. It changed it, the irreparable damage. Irreparable damage. Uh, w- w- irreconcilable differences. He was awesome, though. No, he wasn't. In the WWE? In the WWE, yes. Yeah, when he as ran, a, out, as with a the, ran UFC, out with the title. As a UFC fighter, he was most certainly not awesome. He was not worthy of it. Oh, and yeah, sure. It was the day that the UFC decided they were okay with carnival barking. It was the day that they decided they didn't care about being legitimate anymore. Well, speaking of carnival, carnival barking, uh, there's pictures going around of Zuckerberg training with uh, Israel Adesanya. I saw and that. Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm not going to do it. He, he looks, looks cut up, dude. He is jacked. Good he looks cut up. Zuck Good for him. Jacked. And then, obviously, Elon was training with Georgia St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, John Donaher, the, one of the great BB, B, BGA coaches. BJJ, mm-hmm. sorry. PJJ coaches. Uh, so who who would win though? Which I, which right, in a cage I, match? I hope they all end up in the sun. Like I mean, I I hope you end up in the sun for talking about. I mean, did you see? Did no, you see this? no, yeah. you're yeah, not yeah. gonna get me to waste time discussing this. I'm gonna be in the sun I next week. I refuse to. Because you're going to the beach. Oh yeah, oh, you're sitting at. Are we doing that next? I thought we wanted to do that when when. Uh, oh yeah, that's was fun. Back. That's fun. I want to do that the, when Griffin's back from vacation. Yeah, I, sure. I'm going on vacation, oh, so, we have so I want it. That's no problem. Yes, yeah, so I would like to have the third camera working. No at problem. That point, that's right? no problem at all. Like that's what I want. So not next week. Next week we're going to check the checks on the bananas. That's right. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of had this vision of myself brown. eating cereal out there. <laughs> Just so I guess sitting I'll, out there with a box of cereal. Yeah. No, we're gonna wait till after. How, okay. when, you're, are you still here through the first week of? Oh yeah, August? I'm here till the 12th, man. Okay, I'm right. here for so some we're, time. We got some time on that. All right. uh, and quickly for this weekend's fight night, uh, Holly Holm, Myra Buena Silva. Uh, it's not really a great card, especially after UFC 290. But Tucker Lutz is fighting. Um, he is an underdog going against uh, mm. Melzik uh, Bagdazarian, I believe is how. You well, say he was a favorite name. the last time, and it didn't he, work yeah, out. So uh, hopefully, he, yeah, he was fighting a guy the same age as you, Glenn, last time, and he did not look uh, not great. He did not. Uh, great. What are you trying to um, say exactly? I'm tr- what are you trying, yeah, I'm to, trying say? to say? It was guy uh, later in his career. Yeah. And <laughs> what are you trying to say? And uh, he, yeah, he beat Tucker. I mean, but you know, his uh, Bagdasarian's nickname is the Gun and uh, to- uh, Tucker Top Gun. Right? Top Gun. So yep. we'll see. We'll see which gun is better. Um, right. We'll be rooting for him. Uh, but I, I, you know, his last fight left me a little uninspired. Uh, I do have a couple bets for you. Terrence McKinney, T Rex McKinney, is fighting on this card. He's fighting. Uh, uh, Satyakov is the guy's name, and he is a plus one fifteen underdog. I like Terrence McKinney in this one just because he is—he's a really exciting uh, fighter. He—he's he, an elite finisher, and Satyakov uh, has only fought had one UFC fight, and he just—it doesn't look like he has like the UFC finishing ability to me. So okay. I like—I uh, like Terrence McKinney. A little bit of value there, plus one fifteen okay. as an underdog. Uh, Francisco Prado uh, is even money against uh, Otman Azitar. Uh, I like this one. I like Prado because well, because Azitar he just hasn't he hasn't been very active. He's not a very focused fighter either. He got kicked okay. out of Abu Dhabi um, yep. while during like COVID because he was trying to sneak potatoes into his room. Well, hang on a second. 
Why couldn't he not have potatoes? Well, at least that's what he says. Is that they they were sneaking potatoes? I don't. Well, know. I don't understand what the issue is. Well, because is. it was COVID, so everything was supposed to be kind of like locked down. Okay, but the man couldn't and, like, have a somebody, potato. Well, somebody like outside of his like room, I think, was like trying to like transport something to his window. Well, did they not have potatoes inside the bubble? I don't know. I don't know why you needed potatoes. For. I might be on this dude's side. You're on. You're on Azatar's side. I'm gonna puke. Yeah. I'm gonna puke. <laughs> we gotta wrap up. We uh, gotta Francisco go. Prado, no, and then I like Albert Zarayev uh, as well. Plus one thirty, another underdog for you. As uh, John Rollo was saying, he's a very, very good wrestler. Okay. Uh, Albert Zarayev plus one thirty against right. Jung Young uh, Park. Uh, uh, enough. I gotta go. We gotta go. Let's get a tidbit. Thank you. That was fighting words. I got it, dude. It's bad. It's bad. I, this has Let's to come out. Rush. Of me. Oh, me and Carson can wrap it up. Tidbit. Yeah. Is, you want me to wrap it up? Can you do tidbit without me? Sure. Yeah, Carson can probably. I can. It. I can read the ad too. Oh God! All right. I just I just need to get this out of me. Really? Oh jeez! All right. All right. You know, I, but this is the problem. I should do this on the air. I shouldn't go to the bathroom to do this. Who are you missing? You want to just can we bring the microphone? You want to call in from the bathroom? <laughs> All right, I'll do that. You're gonna call in. Yeah, call me. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one's, I don't know what this one brought to you. Offers? Oh, do you want to do offers? Yeah. Do, yeah, uh, do offers. Read. Uh, read the uh, the first the second one. Read the second one. Second I think I did the first one earlier. All right, All Pressbox right. is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from seven legal online sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now and get offers like 150 bucks in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet or up to 1250 bucks in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up today. All right, well done, Carson. All right. uh, thank you for thank you for that. Uh, four tidbits. Uh, you know, again, I mean, it is All Star Week, so I just I'm just going with a couple. Uh, Glenn, are you there? Can you hear us? I hear. You. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Glenn's calling in. <laughs> um, oh boy. Uh, since it is All Star Week, uh, my buddy, or well, I guess I say my buddy, but Jay Kuda on Twitter. Uh, was sharing some funny, uh, funny names from the 1800s for baseball players uh, in the 1880s. Glenn, you're right. No, I'm not all right. Yeah, I, yeah. It's oh my god. <laughs> are you actually? Here's the thing. You, I'm you're not, puking? I'm, I want to make this very clear. <laughs> I'm not okay with trying to make yourself puke. That's not all right. Don't which do en- that. Which end is it? No, I'm, I'm puking. Oh, I'm oh puking. god. Oh, jeez. I mean, I don't know. Bad. I know. I, like, I, I don't feel I need it still. out immediately. It can't be in there any longer. It's po- I need the poison out. The burger. But you know when you go to the bar and you, you've had a night and you get home and you're just like, I, I, it's got to get out of me. Like, somewhere or another, this, the, the poison has to come out or I might do something reckless. I might, like, go jump off the balcony or something. That's how I feel right now. Okay. Um, it's got right, we'll, we'll stick with us. We'll try to talk you through it, I guess. Yeah. D- does Carson need to come in there and hold your hair back or... Uh, hold my hair back. No, I think I'm okay. I, I appreciate it, though. That's, it, it is uh, among Carson's responsibilities, so let's let's make sure we remember that. Uh, you keep going. Keep all right, I'll continue it. with Tim. 1800s. You can hear me uh, in the background. Okay. In the 1880s, there were more baseball players named Cyclone than baseball players named Matt. There were two players named Cyclone Miller and Cyclone Ryan, and then there was one player named Matt Kilroy. Oh, jeez. Oh jeez. Uh, oh. I'll just keep trying to talk through it. I'll just keep trying to talk. There were six players named High. Their name was High. H I. H A. No, like H oh, I. What? Like hello, like High. There was High. High oh. Ebright, High Lad, High West, High Myers, High Church, and High Jasper. High Church. <laughs> high Church. <laughs> nice. That's a good baseball name. <laughs> and right then in there. 1888, there was a St. Louis Browns lineup that featured uh, these four names: uh, Skyrocket Smith, Chicken Wolf, Hercules Burnett. And uh, Glenn, I think you like this one. Oh, jeez. If, if Glenn can hear me, Icebox Chamberlain. That's a good baseball Hi, how we doing? name, right there. I- <laughs> what was the name? Icebox Chamberlain. 
Love it. That's right. Wonderful. St. Louis Browns legend, yeah, Icebox Chamberlain. Icebox Chamberlain. Uh, he, he, uh, he lived in Baltimore for at least a period of time because that is where he's buried. He's buried here in Baltimore. Icebox <laughs> Chamberlain. Uh, after a long uh, baseball career in the 1800s. Uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, this is uh, Yeah, we'll go with this one for you, Carson. <laughs> Jeez. Shohei Otani uh, became the fifth pitcher in American League history with 100 uh, innings pitched, 100 strikeouts, <coughs> excuse me, and fewer than 70 God. hits allowed in the first half of the season. In the okay. uh, this is in the All Star break era. All right. Uh, and I want to see if you can name the three guys that he joined who have done it since 2000. All right, uh, Pedro. Pedro, yes, did it into the year 2000. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mark Mulder. Not Mark Mulder. Okay. Uh, let's think just American League pictures. Just American League. Yeah. Okay. Got Sam McDowell it. did it in 1966. Uh, boys, continue on. I'm giving up. I'll, I'll okay. be back. In the All right. Time. I'm okay. gonna say Verlander. <laughs> did Verlander ever do it? Verlander did not have 100 innings pitched, 100 strikeouts. How about Max Scherzer yeah. back on the Tigers? Not Scherzer. Scherzer. Porcello? Not Porcello. That's a okay. All I right. guess we, that one we've year, run yeah, through the Tigers uh, ringer there. <laughs> what about? Let's see. So we got Pedro. I got. I guess we got to think back. Pedro to and earlier two thousand. So I need. So, I need two more. Yeah. So I'll give you. They. The other two guys that did in the last. Uh, the last five seasons. The last five seasons. Yeah. Okay. Got it. How you? Are you how you doing? Not good. <laughs> it's not all coming out. Gonna... Uh. Okay. Sorry. So we have to revisit this. In a... Oh God. <laughs> After the show. Snell. Did Blake Snell do it? Blake Snell did not know it. Uh, we're looking for. Jordan, we're looking for American League pitchers uh, who, in the first half of the season. I uh, had 100 strikeouts and fewer than 70 Shane hits. McClanahan. Yep, Shane McClanahan. Nice. I <laughs> just instantly gets one. Last right, season. We got one more. Shane McClanahan in the first half. Okay. I don't know. Can we can we Roger Clemens? Not Roger Clemens. 2019 American League. Yes. Verlander. Not Verlander. It is a guy that a lot of Oriole fans are kind of barking for here at the trade. Eduardo Lance Rodriguez. Lynn? Uh, not Lance Lynn. Not not correct team. Not Bieber. Uh, not Bieber. Dilles. Oh, Giolito. Yeah, Giolito. Oh, Giolito, yeah. Lucas Giolito in 2019. <sighs> All right, we gotta go. We, we gotta you. go. I'm sick. Okay. I'm, I'm sick. Okay. Sick. Uh, tell us about Toyota. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Nothing. There's nothing tonight. Nothing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Anj Jabor is trying to go up a break in the third set against Sabalenka. And uh, that's the second winner. Of that one gets uh, Vondrasova on Saturday in the championship. You can watch it on ESPN. That's there's, there's really it. the only wow. Summer quarterback league. was good. Uh, I watched the first couple okay. episodes last night. Um, All right, so watch that tonight. Yeah, there's, Kirk there's, and Mariota. Mariota's story is definitely the best, um, which I think you know he's got the most adversity to go through. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Summer league, if you care about that, and if you do seek help, there's a PGA tournament that nobody's playing in because they're all over in Scotland for the Scottish Open. I mean, there's just Roy over there. Roy's nothing. Over there? I assume he's in Scotland. I'm saying they already did that this oh. morning. Oh, like, it's over. Oh, like I see. The PGA see. event that's in America, or wherever it is, nobody's playing in because all the real players are getting ready for the British Open. Uh, the series finale of The Blacklist is tonight on NBC, the series finale. so We'll talk to Stan about it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll he loves that show. <laughs> what We Do in the Shadows, Season 5 on FX. We do love that show. Uh, Full Circle, new series on Max. Uh, so Timothy Oliphant, his kid gets... Uh, Kidnapped. It looks pretty dramatic and intense. Uh, and Zazie Beetz is like a detective. Jim Gaffigan's in it as well, trying to help uh, Timothy Oliphant find his kid in full circle. Okay. On Max. Um, yeah. And then uh, that's it. Go it's, watch. Go finish quarterback. It's what it is. It's what it is. Baseball's back tomorrow. Hooray! <sighs> Thanks today to John Rollo. Thanks to Clark Judge. 
Thanks also to uh, Randy Rutschman, Adley's dad. That was neat. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at Anything tomorrow? Uh, Stuff and things. We'll preview the Orioles-Marlins series. Not good. Not good. Stan will be in studio tomorrow, and hopefully someone will join us. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including <sighs> Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to uh, Carson at Carson Ware with an I is how you follow him. We'll see you in here on Tuesday. Yes. You'll do the, we'll, That's right. we'll try yep, the checks Tuesday. and the bananas on That's Tuesday. Right. Would it be the same if we did it on Monday? Because Griffin's not going to be here. I can do Monday. That's that's. We'll fine. talk about it over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, sure. I'll be here Monday. Right. I know. I'm saying yeah, Griffin's yeah. not oh, going to okay. be here on Tuesday was my point. Gotcha. I think it'll be the same. You can do it. All right. Whatever. Who cares? Um, I'm here in spirit. Dude, I'm, I, I'm in bad shape. This sucks. <laughs> I can't. I'm. Don't, you know, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be 40 at some point. You'll understand. You need me to wrap it up? I might. Um, thanks to uh, Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great uh, Thursday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. <laughs>